Hello and welcome to the 43rd episode of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Uh, today is July the 18th for you, I believe, Chris, and it's the 19th for me right now because it's now 20 past one in the morning. Uh, that's my dedication for this. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Graham, uh, the production editor of Megavisions Magazine, and with me, I have my buddy, the editor-in-chief of Megavisions Magazine, Chris Powell. How are you doing, Chris? I am doing excellent, Graham. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, too bad Scotty couldn't make it on... Yeah. I guess he had a, a date with the with a girlfriend. I think they're going to go see like a, a drive-in movie. Yeah, a, a double a, bill, a he said. Two movies. Wow. What were they? I, I thought one was like a Night of the Living Dead. Probably something like that. Yeah, I think it might be in a couple of uh, horror movies. Uh, well, hopefully, he'll tell us next week. We can find find out all about it and yeah, what it's like going to a drive-in movie in the twenty first century. Because uh, have you? Do they have drive-in movies in so England? It turns out they do, but I don't know if they've just been set up for you know the lockdown period or something. Because um, I keep hearing on the radio like adverts. They're they're a bit far away for me just to go. Like they're maybe an hour or two drive away. So I feel like. I'd have to really plan it to actually go there, I guess. Like, my, my local cinema is, like, five minutes down the road, but that's closed at the moment. But the, any drive-ins are, like, a good couple of hours' drive for me right now. So that's a bit annoying. But, yeah, what about you in your area? Do you have lots of drive-ins? or? Oh, uh, we have one in uh, Jersey that's not too far. It's not too far. I say that, but it's, like, 45 minutes away. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll usually go to it, like, once a season. Uh, but what's what they've been doing here in the States is, like, there's been a lot of pop-up drive-in uh, like things that are going on, That's and cool. it's just basically like uh, you know, like they have a big parking lot and they erect a giant uh, white screen and they'll they'll do like you know drive-in movies that way, and then it's all related to like you know the the pandemic and everything. It's just a way that people can kind of get out with, I guess, being uh, safe yeah. and they're not you know possibly spreading any viruses. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like my actual cinema area could do that. Like in their in their parking lot, they've actually got a really big open parking lot. I reckon they could just erect some screens outside the cinema, like on the building or something, and you know, start showing movies again, but slightly differently. That would be pretty. That's actually a yeah. cool idea. Um, maybe I'll, maybe I'll write to them and see if they do it. <laughs> <laughs> write them an angry letter. Yeah, should do. Yeah. Um, so for viewers or listeners of the show, we are keeping with the uh, the new format, the new video podcast, mixing things up from what we used to do. Um, yeah. So Chris, what's been going on? Let's have a little catch up. What's been happening in the last week or so? Well, you know, like I'm still retired, so I've been <laughs> staying around the house uh, with the kids. Uh, but I, I think I mentioned it either last week or the week before about how I'm starting a new horror podcast with some friends of mine. Um, and so I did get some pickups, uh, this week that I want to talk about Ooh. that's actually related to the blood sucking geeks podcast. Um, we ha haven't released our first episode, but I'm hoping this week will be when we launch our first episode. So if you're listening right now, uh, try searching for the Bloodsucky Geeks podcast uh, on your favorite uh, podcast uh, host, and hopefully it'll be there. But anyway, for the next episode, we're doing uh, Halloween Resurrection. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, Graham. I have not. I am not well-versed in horror movies. I've, I've seen quite a few horror movies, but not as well-versed as some people, like your good self. Um, right. Yeah, that's well, the Halloween series is one... 
I've seen a few in, but not not all of them. So yeah, not not familiar with that one. So I ended up picking up the uh, VHS version of this. So this is the one with uh, Busta Rhymes in it. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. Uh, that <laughs> it a bell, yeah. Um, and so I also got a uh, a Blu-ray uh, version, which this was actually from Canada, but it has uh, Halloween, uh, The Curse of Michael Myers, then uh, Halloween H2O, and Resurrection wow. on, on one uh, Blu-ray. And so... Basically, what I'm going to start doing, I think, so I could kind of build up my physical movie library again, is for each episode of the podcast we do, uh, for whatever movie we're going to focus on, I'm going to buy a Blu-ray version and try to get the VHS uh, version as well. Because I ended up buying a, a VCR off Facebook Marketplace a few weeks back for three bucks. Ooh. I picked it up for three dollars of VHS. And... Dude, VHS tapes are so cheap right now. It's it's crazy. I bought a a bundle of movies the other day for like two dollars, and it was like fifteen movies in there. And there's some good ones like E.T., Kingpin, oh, yes. some of the Jurassic Park movies. And so, if you want to just kind of find a cheap thing to collect these days, that's still kind of pop culture and retro. VHS tapes are the way to go because they're super affordable and they're fun just to kind of go back and watch. There's, there's something about like taking out that big cassette and putting <laughs> it in a VCR and, you know, you feel it, it pull into the VCR and, and, and like lock in. It's so awesome, man. It's, it's a, it's a cool feeling to, to yeah. watch VHS I, movies. I think days. I can't remember if I told you or not, literally a few months ago, like mm-hmm. earlier this year, like maybe two, two, couple of months ago, two or three months ago, my mum threw out most of my VHS collection. Oh, why? So she oh basically she basically made me come around to the house to like help clear out my room a little bit. Uh, she wants to turn it into like more of a nursery room because my brother's got two kids. I've got two nephews now. Um, and oh, when they come to visit, she wants them that to be their rooms. That's fine, but she wants to clear out more and more stuff. And I had a ton of VHS. She's like, you don't watch them. You haven't got a VHS player at your place. I'm like, yeah, I know. And then... She's like, right, we need to get rid of them. And basically, we normally give stuff to charity shops, but charity shops don't take VHS tapes anymore. What? So she's like, oh you've you got to throw them out. I'm like, oh, man. I'm just like looking at it going, some of these are my favorite movies. But I think I've got no space here at all. I've got, like, I do not, like, I've barely got enough space for my game. Like, I've got more games at my parents' house. And I can't fit them, physically can't fit them in this house. Um, oh so it's, this, this space is just too small. It's really annoying. And so she, she let me keep, any Jackie Chan movies because I'm a massive Jackie Chan fan. Um, and there's a few uh, ones like Princess Bride, like some real proper classics you let me keep. because uh, You should have also yeah. told her some other movies had Jackie Chan in them, but he yeah. just didn't have a starring yeah, role. Like so my- Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jackie Chan's in that. Don't you remember that one scene? <laughs> I like my entire friend. The T-Rex in the face. <laughs> I had so many friends VHS tapes. I should have been like, yeah, the- yeah, like Chandler goes out with Jackie Chan, and so does Rachel at one point. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know what? Like Jamie is such a huge Friends fan, and I honestly just I I don't get the whole. Oh, it's so thing. good. Oh. Like Seinfeld, also not a huge Seinfeld fan. But I've I never seen Seinfeld. I, everyone tells me it's You're amazing. I've just never seen anything. it. <laughs> it's I, I it's it's okay, but like it's just. It, I don't know. Maybe it was just a little before my time or something. I'm not a <laughs> not a fan of Seinfeld. Fair enough. Give me some Mork and Mindy, and I'm there all okay. day. Wow. So 
Seinfeld is before your time, but Mork and Mindy, a show made like 10 years before that. Was, uh... For whatever reason, it was just on like during the day when I was home alone before I like I started school. And I just remember watching Mork and Mindy. And I just thought Robin Williams was so hilarious as an alien. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved him as a kid. The, I, I remember the, the first few times I ever saw Mork and Mindy, I think I saw like three episodes at my friend's house with him and his sister. He was a, a friend from... Um, primary school or elementary school as you say in america right like quite we were quite young like maybe eight or so uh, eight or nine and i remember going meeting up with him a few years later i wasn't that much older maybe 16 so um but i remember meeting up with him like bumping into him like seeing his sister and stuff i was like ah i always think about you both of you about, like, when i think about robin williams because you guys introduced me to mork and mindy and they both sat there and went what you know, like you know, Mork and Mindy, and he's they were, they were both like, we have no idea what you're talking about. Like the show where he's an alien, there's like an egg, and he's like Nanu Nanu, and they're like, yeah. they're like looking at me like I'm insane. I'm like, you're the ones who introduced him. <laughs> like, I just think you remember being in the room with them, like in the exact room in their house where we were. When they first Do you think came. you made this memory up? I don't understand how I could have. Like it's ah, uh, it was so weird. And they they just they they, they, no they memory of it. They swore they'd never even seen or heard of the show. I'm like, <laughs> I bet you had some weird dream as a kid, and you thought that that was actually a real but, thing that happened to you. Okay, I had a dream, but I managed to watch like three episodes and actually know the episodes in the dream. Ah, like, oh, I don't know. It's so it's so weird. But yeah, that was a weird more comedy conversation I had, and like I walked away from that thinking, "Am I going insane? Like, did did I make that?" <laughs> it's like I swear to what God. Also, no one else knew or heard of Mork and Mindy in the world. Oh. And only it's like that one uh, Beatles movie that came oh, out yesterday. Yeah, I saw yeah. that quite recently. I, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was a fun movie. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's some really cool things that you could. Uh, branch off of and and that would be a funny one just no one else in the world has any memory of Mork and Mindy except you and you go and be like nanu nanu and they're like what? whoa 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 <laughs> oh that was so good <laughs> wow um, anything else you've picked up this week or is, is that your lot uh, no that's um, that's the only other thing oh I did um, fix the uh, um, the IO uh like bracket on the front of my computer, like basically the area where you plug in uh, like your uh, USB cords and other yeah. things. Um, I have a, I, I haven't confirmed it, but I believe that Odin tried to plug in like uh, a controller, but did it upside down <sighs> and it basically fried the whole panel. And so nothing would work. And for a long time, I couldn't find, I, I couldn't figure out, like, if you could even replace that part uh, on my my tower, uh, but obviously you could, because I'm an idiot. Uh, but I just, <laughs> I ended up getting a new one from Newegg, and this one's, like, so much better. It has, like, three USB, uh, I think it's 3.0 uh, uh, inputs, good. and then it also has a Type-C uh, one as well, and then it has a, like, a whole bevy of inputs for like different sd cards oh, and like perfect. uh and everything else uh so it's just way better and so that was like the last thing i felt like i needed to do on my computer That's to good. get it just fully functional again so did that earlier today and and it's i'm weirdly just kind of really proud of it so that's, I'm, that's, I'm that's, that's cool that's, I, I like that when you fit when you, f- f- you like you, you finally fix something you're like 
even if it's a small thing, you're like, yes. Like you've just screwed mm-hmm. something in, like you screwed a nail back in the, like uh, as a nail, you, you screwed a screw back into like the wall or something that was coming loose. Like, yeah, I've done it. That reminds <laughs> me because the, our front door, like the, we, we thought like the whole uh, mechanism, uh, the, like the locking and opening mechanism in the, the door itself uh, was broken. We have one of those weird doors where on the inside it's an actual knob, but on the outside, it's like this like little, clicky thing uh, i don't know if you guys have those i, um, I some people do. i hate those things i don't know why yeah me too but it just got, was like really rattly and it looked like and sometimes it, it, when you turn it it wouldn't even engage so you're you couldn't even get the front door open yeah and so i thought i was gonna have to completely uh replace it and and go to this like lowe's and get an entirely new one but i started taking it apart because i was just gonna decide to go to the store uh but i found out that I think it could, I could fix it. Yeah. And then like Jamie came over and it's like, saw what I was doing. She's like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? You should just go ahead and just buy a new one. But I ended up taking everything apart, putting it back together and I completely fixed it. And so I felt like that, what you just said though, like completely reminded me of that. And so I felt (laughs) like I got some, some man points in my wife's eyes. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like when I first moved in here, the, the, we got a, door to a cupboard in the hallway but for some reason it we've got like a bit of carpet laid down along the hallway and when you try to open the door it just wouldn't really it's like really rubbing against the carpet you can barely open it and i took the whole door off and like started filing it down basically <laughs> it works though it works oh, oh look at you you fly devil <laughs> yeah but, but putting it i did it all on my own and like put putting trying to screw it back on was a pain in the ass because i was like trying to line oh, it up with the because you had to lift it up slightly to actually, and then like I sort of start screwing in this on the whole door. I was like, at one point, you did fall down and, and scraped a bit of the wall off. So I had to, I had to plaster it over. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nothing's happened here. Nothing to see. Oh, God. Uh, but don't touch it. Don't touch the wall. Yeah, like, don't don't, wall don't lean on this spot here, please. Oh, my uh, God. That just reminded me. Like, do <laughs> there was a moment. Um, when uh, my brother and I were kids, and I had a pretty bad temper as a kid, and there was this one time, I was probably maybe like 14, and uh, my brother did something that made me really mad, and I just punched the wall, and I punched a hole in the wall, <laughs> and we got so scared because we did not want my dad to find out because he'd kill us. So we, we hung a poster over the wall, and it stayed there for like 15 years, and there was one time when I was visiting my parents that they started taking a bunch of stuff out of the room because they're going to repaint it. And I just happened to be there the day that they took that one poster down. And my dad found out about the hole and he got mad at me. Like I was like, he got like really mad at me right then. I'm like, I did that 15 years ago. Like you can't still be mad at that. Like you, the, the, the whole, like enough time has passed, even though you're just finding out about it now. You can't be mad at me. Like, like, you, d- I feel like there should be like some statute of limitations to, that you can find out someone did something to you in the past and still be mad about it. Because after that, it's like you should just get on with your life. Stop living in the past. Dude, basically the same thing happened to me, but with my door on my bedroom. Because I used to have a bit of a temper as a kid as well. Like I'm like I, I've got like no temper anymore at all. Like I, like it's really weird. But yeah, I I can't remember what happened, but I got really angry, and I just hunched like 
the door that's on the inside side of my of my bedroom as a kid and I didn't expect it to, but my fist basically almost went all the way through the door. I was like, Ugh. so yeah, I panicked, and I also did the same thing. I put a poster on the door, <laughs> and then I think it was after I moved out, my mom, my mom decided to redecorate the room and paint the door, and she's like, just to say, what's this? <laughs> and I'm like, you oh. like, what did you do? <laughs> she's like, I came out, she's like, oh yeah, I was decorating your room, and um, what's this? <laughs> like. Uh, I I might have fallen over and accidentally put a hole in it. I can't remember twice. But yeah, there's like, like for years I had a poster over the door. And... Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. But yeah. Uh... What have you been doing? What have I been doing? Um, so I think last week I mentioned about uh, reviewing the Striker DC uh, Dreamcast controller. Where is it? I had one it's somewhere around. I wait. I can grab it. It's just behind me. He already threw it away. There we go. So yeah, if you don't know the uh, Striker DC controller, look at that beautiful thing. Um, Yeah, made by Retro Fighters. It's uh, newish. It's only been out for a couple of months now. Does that look like uh, it feels very hollow? It feels hollow. What? I said that thing doesn't look like it'd feel very hollow. Oh no, it does not feel hollow. No, it's actually it's very well made. It it basically feels like it could be a first party controller, really. Uh, but I finished the review, um, I finished the video editing, which is good, and it is now live on the YouTubes, and I actually still need to add the, the written review to the website, uh, which I've written, but haven't added to the website. So that will also <laughs> be going up in the next day or two, uh, but yeah, check out check out the review if you're interested in the Striker DC controller, whether it's good or bad. Um, I, I feel like I did a reasonably comprehensive look at it. So, yeah, um, no, I, I saw it. Um, I thought you did a good job. I was, uh, I was a little worried at first that you weren't going to do a fighting game uh, playthrough in the review. And I was like, God, Graham, please do this. And <laughs> thankfully, you came through, like you always do, Graham. So thanks, buddy. Yeah. I was just being a a, a little nervous, Nelly, a worry yeah. ward. Yeah. So I was trying out for the for the audience. I was trying out uh, various different games, different types of games that you might be playing on your Dreamcast. Um, so yeah, Fighters is included, and as are platform games, and uh, so yeah, some others. Uh, one mis- mystery then game. Then you need to end. tune in to the very end because there's a secret Dreamcast game that you play. Yeah, right that's right. The ultimate test, the best <laughs> test ever, and. Yeah. Yeah, so that's now live on the website. Uh, and other news, uh, nothing really has happened in my life lately because I've just been working, boring. But I did pick up some stuff today. I actually ventured into town for the first time. I think I was like stuck in my house for two weeks or something. I haven't done anything oh, for like, wow. two weeks. But I actually ventured out and ran. To, I, I was walking past a shop which used to be a retro game kind of store like and geeky stuff. Then it changed into lots of geeky um kind of like collector's stuff like magic the gathering and pokemon stuff which i'm not really into i respect it but i'm not into it at all and my friend ran who loves magic the gathering says oh no they actually sell video games there now i'm like really and as i was walking by i was like wait a second so i stopped turned around and like walked in he's only allowing one per- one customer in the shop at a time and luckily there's no one in there um I actually spoke to the guy. I've never met him before. I spoke to the guy. He's actually a high risk guy. So he's like, yeah, that's why I can only have one person at a time because I'm high risk. I'm like, okay, great. But yeah, they have a, they have some cool retro stuff. So I managed to pick up um, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command for the Sega Dreamcast. Um, I've never owned that game. And yeah, I to be honest, I, I was like, have I got this game or not? Because I've, uh, I've got Toy Story 2. Um, so yeah, I was like, I've, I've got Toy Story 2 or this one. And... 
I luckily is I that, didn't have it. it. That's the American copy, though. It is right? the American copy, but luckily, um, there are ways you can play it on your Dreamcast. But... Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just wondering, it's like because um, at first I thought that um, I didn't see the I hadn't seen the color of the logo, but I was just wondering if that's what uh, you see in a lot of like uh, resale shops in the uk is like them kind of retrofitting these games into standard uh like C- cd jewel cases not not really often unless unless the original case is completely broken but generally i figured really that's the, the case with a lot of the um the uk dreamcast cases because aren't they like really fragile oh yeah that, they i think they look really cool on the shelf like i don't know if you can see all the blue behind me oh yeah yeah, yeah. so that i think they actually look quite cool and like when you pull them out they're actually really nice cases but they're because they're kind of double cases when you open them they're so easy to break and it's really frustrating um so yeah the the standard jewel cases would have been cheaper for them to produce and they kind of they work well um but but yeah so i've got the american version the ntsc version so i'm gonna have to test it out look it looks like it could be a fun little platformer i think um little adventure game i think one one reason why they may have um went with that thicker design is that what you see in a lot of like the the um, European releases is the manuals would have all the different languages yeah. in them, right? And so, like that's why in the UK, like your guys' manuals are super thick <laughs> compared to ours, where it's just only English. Um, and so you, it's maybe a fifth of the size of you know like your standard. Yeah, because yeah, they tend to booklet. have. At, li- at the very least, they tend to have English, French, German, and Spanish, and then you've got yeah. other languages. Some some other games have. So yeah, there's normally at least four or five languages in them. Yes, yeah, so that's, I bet that's why they had to do that. Maybe, maybe that is why. Yeah, good, good, good thinking there, Sherlock. I like it. And I got a couple of other pickups I'm in the as well tonight. <laughs> I've got Cyber Speedway for the Sega Saturn, uh, which is now this is another game I'm not sure if I've actually got or I just played. Um, a lot of my Saturn collection <laughs> is at my parents' yeah. house, so it's a, you probably can't really see it. There. It's it's kind of like a um, looks like a, like um, not um, 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 something that PlayStation yeah. racing game. <laughs> I was about I, the 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 name of the game just oh, left my oh, head. Polyp, pol- no, wipeout. <laughs> the the developer weren't the, it was that There's, owl. Yeah, Cygnosis. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, wave, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like a wipeout. It's kind of like a wipeout style game. There Probably are about, yeah. so there are a couple. Of, I've got another one on the Saturn, which is called High Octane, which compared to compared to Wipeout looks atrocious. Like the the polygons are really bland and stuff. But it was surprisingly fun game. Like hmm. it's actually quite entertaining. I was like, this is this is pretty good. So I'm hoping this is similar. That it could be a little hidden gem. Uh, so maybe yeah. maybe I'm trying to do a review for the magazine at some point. Uh, another one I wish I always wanted to get is Dragon for the Mega Drive. So that, if you don't know, I remember this is, winning that. It's a Bruce Lee fighting game, basically, and I've never played it. But the thing that always interests me was it. So my understanding, Chris, you played it. I haven't. But it's, it's like a tournament oh, God, fighter, like a sort of Street Fighter Two style fighting game, like one on one. But you can actually have the three people or something in the arena. I don't, dude. I don't. I don't. Remember. Okay. I just, well, I just remember renting it as a kid. Like I, I don't remember. I, I remember it was some sort of fighting game, but I don't remember a lot from it. Okay, so that's my understanding. It's like a tournament fighter, like 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 Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, whatever. Like standard would be one on one, but in this you can actually have three people. And I also, it was also confirmed on the back. It says you can get the Sega Multi Tap and have three fighters in the arena. And there's a screenshot oh, wow. of three, 
three people fighting each other with three health bars. So that's something I'm quite interested in. I think that's quite exciting. And uh, so it sounds like your dog agrees as well. Excellent. Yep. That's Max being a dummy. And one other thing, which is something I've always wanted to pick up, but for some reason just never have, it is one of the retro bit Sega Saturn uh, controllers. So it's, it's for the PC, so you can plug it in to your computer. You apparently can also use it on like the Mega Drive Mini and other um, micro consoles. So it's got a USB connection and yeah. Um, That's awesome. I ended up getting the, the Saturn version of that same one. Um, and so it's it's basically just like your standard Saturn. It, it only works in, in Saturns. Oh, I see. Okay, so you actually got the actual Saturn. Yeah, because this is a Saturn it's, design. It's a but... controller, but yeah. it's not USB. It's like an right. actual Saturn. Yeah, that's pretty I cool. don't know why I ended up getting that one. Um, but uh, did you see that they just released uh, the 2.4 like gigahertz wireless uh, version of, of those Saturn pads? No, I did not. Uh, maybe yeah. I should have held out and got those, although this was really cheap, so... <laughs> Um, I think uh, they just announced it like this past week. Okay. So wow, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's me basically. Those are my little pickups for today. I was quite excited. I'm like, I mean, these aren't these aren't like massive titles, but sometimes finding those little things are like, oh, these are this is pretty cool. So yeah, excellent, awesome, awesome. And so that's going to take us to our first commercial break. But uh, before we go, I want to let you know. Uh, that you can support Megavisions on Patreon by going to www.patreon.com slash Megavisions. And while you're there, you can choose between a physical print edition or the digital issue of the magazine. Uh, and so if if you want to go and just kind of show your support for us and, and start subscribing to the magazine, we would be very appreciative of that. And with that said, we will be back. Now onto the mail sack, and unfortunately Scotty isn't with us today, but he has very kindly sent across uh, some messages we've been sent, so I put it into my lovely mail sack. What have we got today, Chris? Let's find out. So, I am so excited! <laughs> from Mr. Haru, we have a lovely question, which is, what is a game which you swear the internet must have been high in loving so much so is there a game on the game that everyone on the internet loved but you were like what oh man huh i you know what i'm wondering so much i'm gonna let you go first graham oh no because i now i'm gonna have to start wondering because i was <laughs> oh dear um oh yes no instantly crash bandicoot i still do not understand why everyone oh yeah because so um I, as i've said before on the show Okay, I can understand people might enjoy it a little bit, especially back in the day on the PlayStation 1, but all you did was, like, run in a straight line. There's so many better 3D games out there. There's better 2D platform games out there. I don't... I've never understood it. Like, I just don't... I've never understood the, the love for it, just running forward and jumping, basically. It's it's like an endless runner, but with levels. It drives me nuts that everyone loves it so much. I think the character's cool. He seems fun, but I just didn't understand... I never understood the... I played, I played the first three games. I briefly owned the first one on my original playstation and i was like i i, I, I just i just don't understand it guys but but that said the other week we were looking at the um the uh, the, the new game that's coming out and i thought that looked really cool they added some new gameplay elements to that which i thought actually looked fun the style of the levels looked quite good so i don't know maybe maybe i'm coming around to it um but yeah the original ones i just do not understand it 
But I'm in the minority because everyone seems to bloody love that game. What about you, Chris? Um, I'm going to say a game that is probably going to make a lot of people angry. Mine is Minecraft. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just I just don't get the like the thing the the deal with it. Like I I did play it with my kids uh, early, kind of early on, I guess, and I really enjoyed the survivability aspect of it. Like when you're having to hurry up and build at that first time because the the skeletons or zombie guys or whatever yeah. are coming for you at night, the spiders. And so there's that aspect where you're having to work together with another player and you're trying to build and, and you're cooperating. That was really cool. But after that, after like the first few nights, uh, it just, it, it, I don't know, it became just, just very bland for me and i'm not the kind of person that has the available time to sit there and build this like really elaborate like pirate ship out of voxels i can't yeah. do that yeah, and so I... I just that game just never clicked with me um i i guess i can somewhat see what people get out of it but for me i it just it's just not there it's yeah. just not there at all I'm kind of with you. I've played Minecraft. I've also played Minecraft clones quite a lot as well, just testing them out. I, I, I think I'm with you. I, I get why people like it, I think. Like, I can see some appeal there. Like, some people have done some recall things. Someone made, like, a... Didn't someone make a fully working Death Star or something? Like, they managed to build a Death Star floating <laughs> in the... Death Star was working. I don't I'm think sure, it ever became sure operational. I thought it, I don't it, even it's the, a fully the, operational the, Death Star. I think <laughs> the Empire ever had an operational Death Star, did they? <laughs> I could have, I could have sworn they. I saw the video. They actually shot out a laser, but maybe I could be mistaken. But they rebuilt the Death Star. They made a computer in Minecraft. Like they made a working computer <laughs> that actually existed within Minecraft. That is the most mind blowing thing to me. Like it, yeah. that, it's crazy. That um, is that makes me start thinking right of simulation theory and everything else. And wow, I, I'm just not ready to to go that that beyond in the thinking yeah. right now so there have been some really cool stuff made in minecraft which i think is amazing but yeah the amount of time needed and i the thing i don't like about minecraft personally is there's no i i've got this thing about games that don't end like i uh, or don't have a like you know not every game has to have a story but they're kind of not sometimes needs to be some sort of end goal if that makes sense so right yes whether it's reaching a certain point or getting a certain score um, what about Sim City when you played that as a kid? Did you? Well, I enjoyed that because Sim City had that had a goal to it. Basically, that what you... was the? What, how did you essentially like beat the game? So you you, you yeah. basically you built your cities up, you ran them for a while, and then you actually moved to different cities. From what I remember, you you had different cities you went to. So there was a progression in that. It's like theme park. Theme park, you create a theme park and eventually you get to a point where you sell it or whatever and you move to another theme park with, which has like a different location um, and you can sometimes get new rides or whatever. So in in SimCity, you went to different locations which might have different weather, like natural things like earthquakes or what have you. Um, and you had different funds and stuff. They had different sort of um, population statistics and stuff. So yeah, like SimCity had the goal in it and so did like theme park and stuff and so this is why i don't like endless runners i don't understand it the only anything you can say in an endless runner is i got more points than a friend who may have only played the game once or something it's just and yeah minecraft i i kind of like the that you can get lost in this world you can build all this stuff you can explore it but there's nothing to do in it i don't get that <laughs> like 
they, I'd love it if there was if it was like Skyrim, for example, you had a storyline and maybe side quests you can go and do all this stuff. Or you know, I don't want to I don't want to do a quest today. I want to build a house in the sky. I want to build a floating castle. Go and do it. But but once I've done my floating castle, I'm going to go and kill a dragon over there and like win the game or something. I don't know. That's what I would love to have seen in Minecraft. But mate, it's not for us to think, Chris. I think we're not the target audience. Uh, <laughs> we're clearly not the target audience. Yeah, Graham. but. I, I can actually remember when Minecraft, before Minecraft release, when it was in beta, people at my work were going nuts over it. Like, you've got to try this game. You could buy the game for like 10 quid back in the, like, join the space, you had to pay 10 pounds. And apparently though, like it was really nuts on some computers. Like it really drained your resources because they hadn't worked out how to make it work with processors and stuff. They, they didn't like optimize it at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was not optimized at all. And like sometimes you'd load it up and it'd like take up like a, a gigabyte of RAM and some days it would take up like, you know, uh, 200 megabytes i don't know it was like a bit anyway um so a gigabyte around doesn't sound much anymore <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know no that's 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 it's pretty cool kind of that you mentioned that but um yeah so i guess we're not uh the minecraft folks but uh i know it's it's very popular but um no that's a good question yeah um one from cheese trousers is um Given that it will most likely be running on an emulator, do you think the Astro Arcade Mini will be powerful enough that people could hack hack it to load on more powerful games, such as Virtual Fighter 2 or even 3, and other great arcade games not on Model 1 or early arcade systems? So so we, we don't know the full list of what, arcade games what available. Is, what are we talking about here? The, you know the Astro Arcade Mini? The Sega's little... Oh okay. yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I'm there. We we know it's going to play Virtual Fighter, but it's right. also going to play games like Golden Axe and stuff. And Virtual Fighter, from what I can tell, is the most pow- powerful game available on it. But we've only got a list of ten out of like thirty six games, haven't we? So, um, but yeah, the speculation there is if it doesn't run more powerful games, do you reckon it will be powerful enough that you can run those games? What do you think? A hundred percent. Yes, that's that's not a question. Like the like even the most simple uh like emulators on a chip or systems on a chip, whatever you want to call them, like they're powerful enough to run all of those like probably PlayStation like PS1 and back games. I would say that. Like like very simplistic 3D games I think they can handle, which I think probably covers most of what uh, the Sega arcade games are going to be in this this like era, you know. Well, the, the, but the, what the question there is: Do you reckon it could do even more powerful ones like Virtual Fighter Two? Okay, Virtual Fighter Two is about PlayStation. What way is PlayStation One level? Virtual Fighter Three though was more Dreamcast level. So, do you reckon it would be able to handle something like that? The, oh man, that's a good question. I, I don't think so because at that point. To be able to get a lot of the Dreamcast stuff, I think it, you're you're looking for some more processor heavy and CPU heavy stuff that you don't really get on a cheap chip. Um, right. You know, like uh, that you see on a lot of these like mass produced mini consoles and mini arcades these days. So I would say no okay. for that question. That's if, fair if, enough. If we were like a very very simple question, I would say no. But I think there's a lot of nuance in, involved there. Uh, what I'm really looking forward to seeing, though, is that in, and it, we may already know this, but I'm just so ignorant on my, say, arcade 
history that I, I'm not seeing it. Like, are we of 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 the announced ten or so games that we have for for the Astro Arcade so far? Are are these spanning multiple Sega Arcade uh, chipsets, or is it the same kind of uh, like? boards they are spanning multiple ones from what i can tell there's uh because okay. like gold they've got games like golden axe and stuff which i can't i can't remember the board names now um but um like virtual fighter one i think uses model one whereas like virtual fighter two is on like model two but so virtual fighter one is using a more powerful arcade board than golden axe for example so there are most and there's a few other games in there which are running on different boards when I, mean, I looked at the list originally um so yes there are multiple boards there basically um interesting which is why in theory maybe we could see something some other games like i i, I it wouldn't really work with an arcade stick because that's what you got with that but i'd love to see something like sega rally on there like the original sega rally because yeah that, that would be awesome oh yeah um and but yeah because it's, it's an interesting question because like if you i don't know if you know the snes mini out of the box someone hacks that to play playstation one games and it was better than the PlayStation Mini. Um, I've heard that. That, yeah. that probably says more about the the like bad quality of the PlayStation Mini than it does of the the SNES Mini. Well, it's it's just a surprise that you'd think they they've launched this this the SNES Mini uh, to play sixteen bit games, and yet it's more than capable to run thirty two bit games. It's like I think for somebody yeah. that has a big shock, they're like, "This is actually quite powerful. This is a surprisingly powerful little thing in here." So. Yeah, and if if the Astro Arcade Mini is being designed to run those kind of games, like a Virtual Fighter One being a thirty-two bit mm. game, essentially, do you reckon they actually got more power in there that it could run in theory better games? Um, uh, I would like to say yes, but I think it's it it is a a a big step and a way 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 bigger step. Going from like 16 bit games to like early PS1 or whatever games like that we're, we're talking about with the SNES Mini, then we are talking from going from like early PS1 era games to like Dreamcast level games. I think it's a much wider kind of uh, like like bridge that you got across yeah, to to get across those. And so um I just I just don't know if we're there yet for these like emulator on a chip type uh like systems. What about N64 games, Chris? Why would anyone <laughs> ever want to fucking emulate N64 games? It's the worst system that's ever been released. It was a an entire waste of time. Nintendo should be shut down for ever releasing that godforsaken system. I, I believe me and Rob would definitely argue against that. <laughs> oh, there's I love, never I love, been a good N64 game. Oh, so Mario 64. It's just there you go. Oh, I hate Mario 64. No. I hate it. It's, it's not a best. good game. It's not a good game. It's a at great all. game. It's, it I prefer over Mario good. Odyssey. I'm sorry. Oh but, god. And Mario Sunshine and Mario Galaxy. Like I, I'm saying it. I preferred that. I preferred Mario 64 over those. It's a I've tried to like Mario 64, and I just, <laughs> I just don't like it. I, I need to go, I need to go back I, and play it. About, the, the, the only games I actually enjoyed playing on the Nintendo 64 were the wrestling games. Those oh, are yeah, actually. Okay. Fun. 
did some of the early Mario Party games. I I, okay. I will admit, I had a lot of fun with my friends with that. But other than that, I just thought everything looked like it sucked ass on that system. Like the textures look like you spread like shit with a cheese grater <laughs> over polygons, and that's what you get. Just different I... shades of shit. I feel like we have very different eyes for some reason. I feel like, I feel like to me, the N64 looks great back in the day. GoldenEye looked amazing. I remember my cousin and I, we rented a Nintendo 64 on launch week from Blockbuster. We had to like pay a ridiculous amount of money. We got, um, we got Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64 at launch because those are literally the only two games. That launch with Nintendo 64. Worst launch lineup in the history yeah. of consoles. I will agree to that. They, were, they had like two or three games. It was terrible. It was two games. It was Mario 64 <laughs> and Pilotwing 64. We ran both of them. We literally played each. Like, we started playing Pilotwings. We're like, this game fucking sucks. This is so stupid. You literally <laughs> just jump off a, a, a plane. And just your, your base it, is so stupid. <laughs> and then we started playing Mario 64. And... I don't know, man. I just, it just, I just did not connect with that game. Oh wow! I, I from the start. very beginning, and I was there. I played it the launch week that it came out, and from that moment on, I, it, it, I just did not like it, and I've grown to dislike it even more ever since. Wow. Okay. Fuck you, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fiery passion. <laughs> oh dear. Um... Okay, and next question is from our very own Scotty Mo, and it is: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has never stopped, but was there ever an anthropomorphic team or show that you thought deserved to last as long? So, is there another? Oh, dude! Cartoon or this show? Is, or I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, and Scotty, this is your fault. Um, so there was this, um. There was this cartoon show that came out after it was directly related to the whole Ninja Turtles, okay. um, uh, like craze. But and, and I've looked this up in the years since, and I've I've found it all, and I I so I've I know that this is a real thing, and I'm not just making it up in my head. So there was this group of crime fighting, like raptors or t-rexes that on when they're not fighting crime they sing in a jazz like yes. duet or, I or like re- band. i think you remember this and they, like, like they would get called after like they would sing in their jazz band after after hours they get called to fight crime and they would go and do it and i loved it it was so good and i loved the, the scenes of them just it was just a bunch of like raptors just jazzing it up man in a nightclub and i loved that, that was, i thought that was so good oh my god yeah what is what was that Graham? i can't remember what it was called i could i could distinctly picture oh that's we need to google this right now um uh, crime fighting raptor cartoon <laughs> would that would that would that you think that might pull something up crime fighting raptor i'm literally gonna google that cartoon <laughs> but i'm on Bing, so it's probably gonna be i wonder what, i wonder what porn's gonna come up for that the first thing I, okay first thing is cops nope uh street sharks nope the adventures of t-rex Set in a world of anthropomorphic dinosaurs, brothers Bernie, Bruno, Bubba, Buck, and Bugsy 
were born with special powers to help prime the group rode out their Rexmobile to battle big bosses, evil organization. Oh, dude, wait. I think this is it. Graham, let me send this to you. Okay. Wait, let me share my screen. Better yet. Shoot. Does this ring a bell? Oh, that does look familiar. Yeah. I think this is it. Look. look. <laughs> What's it called? The Adventures of T Rex. You remember this guy? Vaguely. Oh, so weird. Oh, it looks like it. This is definitely it. The Adventures <laughs> of T Rex. The complete series on Blu ray. Ooh, I'm going to have to buy this. I, yeah, I, can't, I can't pass up on that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that's, that's, that's me. Okay. Um, oh, our screens are just switched around. Is your video off? Your video is off. You're muted as well. So a, a shoe. Oh, sorry. Right. No, oh, I just, I just stopped sharing my screen. So I okay, guess it, um, cool. awesome. A little wild there. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. One that has come to mind is um, I have to. Okay, I'm just gonna have to double check the actual name of it. So, mm, yes. Right. Have you? Do you remember Dog Tanyon and the Three Musker Hounds? Not. Not at all. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Um. So it's based on um, the Three Musketeers, the um, old old book um, by who, who who originally I can't remember who actually originally created it. It's quite a famous person, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, you know the, the you know the the tale of the Three Musketeers, yeah, you know, um, yes, of course, and and they, they had hung out with um like uh like Merlin and stuff, right? <laughs> and King Arthur, sure, yes, they yes they did. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's, it's if you don't know, it's based on the an old French book, and uh, I can't remember who wrote it. It's a really famous book, um, but it's based on yeah, uh, the Three Musketeers and D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan is the uh, this young person who sort of joins the Musketeers, but D'Artagnan and the Three Musket Hounds is basically a cartoon version of that, where they're all dogs basically. I think there's some cats in it as well, um, but yeah, it's awesome. Is really good. I actually followed the story of the book quite closely. Um, I think they made two or three seasons of it, and but the first season was brilliant. It was amazing. It was so much fun. It it is actually a really exciting show. And then the second season they ruined it. Like they changed the animation slightly. They changed some of the actors' voices, um, and um, it just wasn't the same. And that's one of the shows that if they kept it going, like it's kind of how the first one was, I think it would have been a, a massive hit. It would have been so good. So that is one. Also, Samurai Pizza Cats. If you remember that one at all. <laughs> that was Actually, yeah, I think I do. I do remember that. That was, that was, they, they, so it's kind of, it kind of sounds a tiny bit like the dinosaur one where they have like dinosaur ones working as jazz musicians and they fight crime. Samurai Pizza Cats were cats that worked in a pizza pizzeria, like a pizza takeaway joint, like a pizza hut. And they were also samurais and went on missions and killed and did cool things. It was great. It was a great cartoon. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm thinking of great cartoons. Like the raccoons. Can you remember the raccoons? 
I remember the koalas on the Nickelodeon. Koala. I do not know that. Do you not know that one? Yeah, oh dear. But yeah, so that is that'll do it for our uh, mail sack. I'm going to have to uh, package all this stuff up again. Yeah. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap that sack. Of Toss yours it over there. to Scotty. And oh, Kobe. Um, Kobe. And yeah, there we go. So that that wraps up for that. So let's have a um, let's have a break and move on to the next segment. Oh, look at you with that transition. Okay, welcome back. And now we're going on to our new segments, which we're going to call Five Days Too Late. News. <laughs> <laughs> it's about usually when we post news on the site, so I think yeah. it's uh, <laughs> aptly named, Graham. Exactly, yeah. We're not, we haven't got the finger on the pulse quite yet, but so yeah, you, you'll get the news just a few days later, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Stick with us. Yeah. Awesome. So Chris, uh what what news has tickled your fancy this week? Uh so one thing that I, I, I heard about earlier today or was it yesterday? Um did you were you aware of all the, the Last of Us Two like controversy that has kind of been going on with that game since its release? I did or I guess it started happening before the game actually released. Yeah, I remember there was something there's some sort of kind of thing about the game that sort of annoyed some fans or some gamers and they started then they start uh, putting up bad reviews or something on metacritic even before the game was launched or something uh is i don't that, know is that if it? they allow, allow them to do it on metacritic before the game is launched but like i think what ends up happening uh with this one is like they started basically review bombing uh the game uh like right when it released and so, like, they started putting it in, uh, like, in within a few hours, like, after the game released. And so then uh, it's obvious that those persons didn't actually play the game. Right, yeah. And so they're, they're submitting reviews based on that. Um, and it's, it's obviously, like, a fake review. And so it sounds like what Metacritic's going to do now is they're going to delay, uh, basically, user reviews. Uh, until 36 hours after the game has been released okay. to basically I the idea is I guess you you give you know a day and a half of of time so that the public you you guarantee that like whatever review gets submitted that person should at least have enough time with that game uh, to form an opinion okay. uh, versus just like if if you allow user reviews to go live like the moment the game is released on that day they could just you could put up whatever and it it's obviously an uninformed opinion it's guaranteed an uninformed opinion whereas at least if you give a day and a half afterwards like you're hoping that the reviews that you do get at that time are genuine and of course you're probably still going to have some of the other you know people trying to review bomb it but at least yes you know yeah, I, I I get the idea. I think it's actually not a bad idea. I almost feel though, like for user reviews, maybe, just maybe even they gave it a week or two weeks. Like again, that like for some like if basically if you're really ranting about for whatever reason you're ranting about a game and you haven't played it, you want to do a negative review. After a couple of weeks, I reckon you'd probably calm down a bit. But like you'd be like, I can't, I can't put it up straight away. You might, you might, if you're really, really passionate, come back in two weeks and do it. Otherwise, you probably forget about it. You move on. Um, so I feel like. 
it would be even better because like not, not everyone buys games on launch day so right, if, yeah. if they're putting up you know proper uh, official reviews you know from credible websites and stuff are going on metacritic going you know ign or whoever have put nine out of ten people who are interested in buying it well then use metacritic because i don't use metacritic as a reliable source because it's it's not reliable people put up crazy reviews all the time and stuff but if they did that i could say oh all the critics are saying this is a great game i will check it out and then maybe after two weeks though um like people can see, like people who are late to the game, they'll start seeing user reviews come on, and there could be some that are cred- some like users who have played the game. Go, actually, it's not a great game, or if, vice versa. It could be like users have played it and go, "This game's really good." I don't know what don't know what the other reviewers are talking about. So, I almost feel having like a slightly longer period would actually be better. Although maybe I'm just crazy. So you think thirty six hours is not enough? You want to no. go more? Yeah, I feel like that's that's a blip. That's like, oh, the game, the ah, oh, the game's launched today. Okay, tomorrow I'll, I'll post up my negative review. Screw it. You know, I can wait twenty. I can. I know it's thirty six hours, but effectively a day and a half. Yeah, I can wait a day and a half and just post up a, a bad review because I'm I'm mad for whatever reason. Uh, you know. So you think giving it a week that anger will subside? No I think, what. Yeah, maybe a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, re- I reckon anyone who's really passionate will still do it. Like even if you gave it a year, someone who's just really angry about last of us two they will go on they go right zero um, but some people might some people probably forget it's you know one of those things that like people get mad about stuff all the time and it you know it's people it's fine people get mad it's, that's that's fine to be mad and angry about stuff but yeah some people then just use that anger in like a, i guess a negative way which can affect you know sometimes sometimes these bad review scores can really affect sales they can affect like how developers treated by in like the games industry. Like you know, companies will see, oh, your last game bombed. We're gonna have to axe this studio for whatever reason. That's that's happened plenty of times um, in the past. So you know, it's there is a knock-on effect with these things. And and but I don't want to say take user reviews away completely because like I I think like Rotten Tomatoes and things like that have proven that user reviews can be really helpful sometimes. So yeah, I think keep user reviews, but maybe even have a longer delay. I don't know. I, do you do you disagree, Chris, or are you kind of on board? Um, I I think what they are doing, I think that's, I think thirty six hours is fine. Okay. I think as long as you're saying like you get a day and a half of to play this game and then submit your you know your your review um, that way, and I think that's fine. I think probably there's a lot of people mad about this and saying that it's somehow stifling freedom of speech and that sort of stuff and to that i would say i'm there with you on the freedom of speech thing um 100 but this is not uh that an instance of uh, restricting freedom of speech yeah i think this is just this is at most delaying your freedom of speech but um i think at its like the most like realistic it's just ensuring that the users who are submitting reviews um, have at least the opportunity for a informed opinion. Whereas yeah. before you allow it like the exact, you know, after midnight, then, you know, anything submitted within that, you know, probably first day is, is going to be just people either trying to review bomb it or saying like they want to just give it a 10 because they, you know, disagree with whatever issue that 
the other side is is doing. Yeah, this exactly. is all so stupid that people are even wasting their time in their life to review bomb a video game. Like, what is going on with people that they have that <laughs> much time to be wasting in their lives? Get a a life, Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, I, the reason they're doing it makes complete sense to me. As you say, actually, you can, you can, I mean, you, most people probably wouldn't complete a game in that time, but they'd, they'd have a decent amount of time if they really want to sit down and play that game on the first day and they will crack through it. Then, yeah, be, be more informed opinions, hopefully. Um, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I, as I say, I still think they can have a longer waiting time and I don't necessarily agree with the freedom of speech thing. If they were to cut user reviews completely, yes. Uh, yeah. I guess that is kind of an infringement of freedom of speech, but freedom of speech isn't really meant to be about, you know, reviewing video games and stuff. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's not what the founding fathers were thinking when they wrote that. They were talking about like one day people want to talk about video games and they should be able to say whatever they want about them. Yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> and and if for some reason you're not liking that, just go on Facebook and go. Last of Us Two sucks. You know. People, people, you've got friends, you've got your, your closer network of people who might actually listen to you will see you put it on Facebook or Twitter or other social media platforms are available. Um, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's What that's about you, Graham? What about me? What about, what's going on in my world? So, uh, my first bit of news I'm going to talk about is, I don't know if you've seen this, I'm quite excited by it for no reason because it's it's kind of cool but it's more of a fun collector's thing so lego and nintendo have um like uh officially revealed their, their latest collaborations i don't know if you know they've, they've done a couple of collaborations in the past and this latest one it's it's a nintendo entertainment system so the original nes made out of lego with a lego built cartridge and a lego built controller and a Lego built retro TV that sort of all connects together, and you can it's 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 it's, it's play in inverted commas. You can play Mario on the TV. So basically, it's it's like a, a fun little cool little actual replica mini NES that you can build yourself. There's a replica NES cartridge we can actually put in. You can lift up the flap, put the NES cartridge in, and there's a controller with pressable buttons that you build also out of Lego. And then the the TV is also made out of Lego, a big cube sort of thing. But there's a there's a thing on the side that you wind round and it's Mario. Like a crank. It's like a crank, yeah. And there's and Mario like moves along on the screen and like it's the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and if you've got um, the previous um, Lego Nintendo thing, there's like this little Mario thing. I can't. There's a, it's called like the Lego. That's it. The Super Mario starts yeah, with like weird like fat Mario. Like yeah. really fat looking Mario. Yeah, it's a really weird, ch- sort of chubby, squished Mario <laughs> mm-hmm. character. But it's called the Mario Super Mario Starter Course, which is the previous one. But you take that Mario and put him on the TV as a slot that he can stick into. Um, apparently, he like does stuff while you're going along um, with the TV. So you're not really playing the game; you're just winding this crank, and you see Mario sort of move along, going up and down. It's kind of cool. But yeah, so it's it's a fun collector's item, I think, and fun to play with. And you get the joy of building it, and you get the joy of messing around with it afterwards. And it looks cool on the shelf. But I think it's pretty I don't cool. know if you saw my quote tweet on this. I did not. I did not. I said that uh, the Sega Dreamcast Lego system will be free with a two-year subscription to SegaNet. <laughs> did they have that um, that deal for you guys in the UK, Graham? Nope. During the Dreamcast era, we so. It- so, Basically, so... Sega of America gave out the um, like did this big campaign 
in the U.S. like towards the latter days of the Dreamcast Life, where they said basically um, you would get a two hundred dollar rebate on a Sega Dreamcast with a two year subscription to SegaNet, wow. which was like the Sega's official ISP uh, in, yeah. in the United States. I don't. Did they not have that in the UK? They did not. We had. I forgot what ours is called now. Um, I've got a browser disc on the shelf. I can't remember what it's called, but basically, we didn't have to pay for online online gameplay in, in the Europe. It was it was all free. So that's the so we Wait, didn't what? have to pay. We had free. We had, the Dreamcast had free uh, internet. We played Fantasy Star Online and Quake and stuff. And we didn't have to pay for that. It was all free. Depending on your ISP. Well, okay, so so, so yeah, so ISP that they gave away free service, internet service. So. The I, the ISP. Uh, wait a second, hold on. No, it was free. It's completely free. Um, <laughs> sorry, my brain. I, you have to pay because it was like back in dial-up days. You had to pay for the yeah, phone yeah. usage you had. Um, although, or if you were on BT, which is the main provider in the UK, you could have an hour free up to six, up to like fifty-nine or sixty minutes was free phone calls, um, and then. Basically, then you'd get charged. So most people would like play online for like fifty nine minutes, unplug, then replug in, and like basically they had free internet. So yeah, uh, and there's only certain times you could do that, I think. But but you basically, I remember just playing online for free back in the day. It was great. So, yeah, there there were ISPs on yeah, the on computer. Yeah, there were some free for, but... uh, ISP services in the in the United States as well. There was um, the most famous one was Net Zero. I don't, um, I don't know that and one. So, yeah, they basically tried. I think they tried to like subsidize the cost or whatever through ad stuff. So you'd be like your browser where you're, you know, uh, you know, surfing the net or whatever. Um, you'd have areas in that where there was like static uh, ads and and things like that that would be delivered to you. So that's how they ended up you know, being able to provide you like a free, a free internet service. So. Okay. Fair Juno enough. was another one. I think I I've heard, heard of Juno. Juno. Yeah. I've heard of that. So yeah, I mean, I was just trying to see if I had the, the old disc, but yeah, we had the dream. That was it. We had the dream on, I think it was dream. I can't remember. Dream arena. Was it dream arena? I can't remember. Dream I can't, arena. Yes. That's yeah. The thing. Yep. So that was, I believe that was the, the browser disc you had to put in your Dreamcast. Uh, I can't. This has been so long since I've done this. <laughs> that was the browser disk you put in when you wanted to use the internet. Um, so boot up. But yeah, the ISP. Yeah, I have. You could use that to um, to also uh, check your email, and uh, and I think it did have some sort of like search engine or something that you could use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it also had the the web browser and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. And Wasn't but, there a bit with Sega News and stuff on it too? Like some sort of homepage. Yeah, that would. Yeah, they like a they had like an official Sega homepage thing that opened up with latest news, and I vaguely remember it had like links to some like Dreamcast sort of downloads and stuff. Like when, like I know you could go through the Sonic Adventure discs to download VMU um, like updates, like the Christmas update and stuff. But I think you could also say it had links to that as well from the vaguely I remember that like it had bits of new information and news there, which is kind of cool. But yeah, Man, my... I would do anything to go back to to those days to be able to just like <laughs> check that out, like as it happened. That's so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, so yeah, I I just remember because I my dad wouldn't pay for internet, so I had a free ISP. <laughs> I I think mine was called Mads the Fish. That was it. 
What was it? Mad as a fish. That was the internet service okay. provider I actually used. Uh, they were free to use. I know there were ones you could pay for, but most people I know had free ones. So we could play on the Dreamcast for free. It was great. But That's awesome. I argue you had better service. You had a faster modem built into your Dreamcast. We had a 33K modem. You had a 56K. Whew, yeah, yeah. Lightning fast. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so... Wow, we really went off topic there. From Lego to <laughs> Streamcast Internet Browsing. To Dreamcast ISPs. Okay. Now right. you get the news late, you get it off on a tangent. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You get some news like tw- 20 years late. Yeah. Did you know the Dreamcast is online? What? <laughs> Did you know that Sega discontinued the Dreamcast, Graham? What? They're not making the Dreamcast anymore. Did You, you didn't hear about that? <sighs> You have all those games back there, and you didn't even know? That's a sad day. It's a sad day. Uh. <laughs> Imagine if I was funny that out. Let's go on to the next bit of news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris, what is your next um, bit of news? <laughs> uh, speak, speaking of uh, sad news, Graham, uh, did you hear that Microsoft has officially discontinued the Xbox One X and the Xbox One S digital edition? Yeah, I did find. I found found that today, to be honest. Though, so, yeah. Here's uh, Microsoft's uh, full statement uh, about this. Do it. They say, uh, at Xbox, we're making massive investments to forge the future of gaming, a future that puts the player at the center of the Xbox experience. We continue to build great games for Xbox One. We continue to build out Game Pass now with more than 10 million members across Xbox console and PC. We're previewing Project X Cloud in 15 countries so gamers can play games with their friends on any device. And we're working hard on the next generation of console gaming with Xbox Series X, the fastest, most powerful console we've ever built, which includes backward compatibility with thousands of Xbox games and all Xbox One accessories. Mm. As we ramp into the future with Xbox Series X, we're taking the natural step of stopping production on Xbox One X and Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Xbox One S will continue to be manufactured and sold globally. Gamers can check their local retailers for more details on Xbox One hardware availability. Ow. Oof. Oof. That was a mouthful right there. Yeah. Um, Boy, I, guess, I guess it makes sense, though. Like, I, I, most companies don't normally announce this or do this straight away, but before, like, before the next console's out. But yeah. It kind of makes sense they're going to wrap like lower production and store stop production on certain models of their console because it used to be back in the day though they'd only have one model that they're developing like even like like you know, they had the PlayStation Two but then they made the PlayStation Two Slim but the PlayStation Two Slim was the main one they were manufacturing at that point right whereas they basically stopped manufacturing the the you know the OG uh, the PlayStation yeah. And- Holy just went on to the next version. Yeah, exactly. But with uh, Xbox and I guess PS4 as well, like Xbox, you got, we had the OG Xbox One, and then you got the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X, the Xbox One S Digital Edition. So there were four variations. Jeez, crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a bit nuts. And the PlayStation 4's had a, a two two editions, I think, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, I think they just have the, the base PS4 and PS4 Pro. Yeah. Oh, did they do a PS4 Slim as well? Am I going crazy on that? I think you're going crazy. Maybe I'm going crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, oh, they, did, they did the PS3 Slim. Don't get too many ideas, Graham. I'll do it. 
Sony, uh, they're batshit crazy. It's, it it kind of makes sense. It's uh, and I guess the Xbox One X probably hasn't sold as well as they wanted to, but that is more expensive for them to manufacture because it is a more powerful system. But I guess the Xbox One S is a little bit cheaper, but it's being I guess that's been more successful and selling quite well. So it makes sense for them not to stop that right now at least uh, but... it's going to be their budget system like going forward like if they want to uh you know target that customer who is interested in buying an xbox but just doesn't have the the money to spend on the xbox series x which is probably going to be about four hundred dollars coming out they'll be able to have this uh you know this series s version uh or xbox one s version where it's gonna that's gonna be their their budget uh game system that's still tied into the same ecosystem and so like they could probably price this at like 150 dollars or cheaper like i could see this being a 99 dollar console like uh in the christmas holiday of 2021 it's going to be one of those type of things that's just going to get people into that ecosystem so that, you know, in a couple of years, that kid is now ready to, you know, transition to the, the, the Xbox One uh, Series X, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, totally. Um, so I just had to mute my mic because there's a really loud car outside and hopefully it's, it's stopped now. Oh, I hope one douchebag that's yep. been revving his car for years, yeah. isn't it? It's, oh, God damn it. Like, oh, oh this is really, really bitch. Uh, It seems to... I don't know if he's just parks or something, but yeah. <laughs> Chris swearing there with his kid in the room. Yeah. Like <laughs> he just he just like like pitched my 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 arm. He's like, oh, yeah. Like, Oops. Oh, no, Odin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, this makes sense. It's sad, but it makes sense. Uh, I haven't heard any of the other companies though announcing. Well, other companies. It's basically Sony, isn't it? Because Nintendo's not going to stop the Switch anytime soon. Because they're haven't really announced any any new projects. But. I think honestly, with with Nintendo, all they need to do to combat um, the PS5 and the new Xbox is just release a new version, like in uh, like a almost like a Nintendo Switch Plus, which mm. you know just has like um, it's kind of like uh, what they did with like the 3DS, like when they released like one with a better processor and yeah. everything else. Just release something like that. It's still a Switch. Um, games will still be completely playable on both systems, but this is just something that uh, can give developers uh, more to work with. You know, like maybe it has more RAM, faster processor, maybe a little bit more storage. Uh, that's all they need to do. Like, because they are sitting on a gold mine with the Switch. So don't mess it up. You don't have to do anything crazy, but just I, I do think they need a new iteration. Um, and the next evolution of the Switch, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I feel the same. I, I guess they, I guess they maybe feel they don't need to because the Switch has never like. Uh, I mean, the Switch does look lovely. The, the visuals on it look amazing, but it's never been pa- as powerful as the Xbox One or or the PS4. And it hasn't needed to be. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It hasn't thing. needed to be. They've, they've got the graphics to a level that it looks beautiful. Still, the games mm-hmm. are running really well. I mean, it's playing some games that are on. The other consoles like Skyrim, Doom, I mean, Skyrim's, and, like, uh, Doom, but yeah, Witcher, Witcher and stuff. Um, the like, Witcher, that one is for to me the one of the most impressive ones because that game is massive. Yeah, exactly. So it's got these massive open world, impressive games on it and stuff. So they haven't really needed to. I mean, yes, it's not as powerful. They can't probably can't do some of the other games which the Xbox and uh, PS4 can do. But 
they have yeah as you say they haven't needed to uh so they maybe feel like even with the new consoles coming out they probably don't need to because the games they're making still look good they're fun you know they're they're appealing to their target audience but personally as a gamer i would love to see a more powerful switch out there like i would love to be playing um some like even better games like on a handheld or or what have you um so, all, yeah. dude all they have to do all they have to do is put up the ad and then and just some uh like mock-ups of the next zelda game that is <laughs> even has like better graphics more fidelity like and that's all they have to do or like a, a next gen mario or just something um like that and dude it'll have every gamer like running to their local target to throw money uh, and yeah. pick up the the Switch Plus. Yeah, definitely. Um, that just just on this subject very quickly. What did you think of the? Um, I've just forgot what it's called. This the Switch that doesn't have the dis- uh, movable controllers. Um, I I don't know. Switch Lite, whatever it's called. Yeah, the Switch yeah. Lite. Uh, Caitlin has one. Uh, and like I, I think it's fine it makes total sense uh to make that your kind of uh, i guess it's kind of like the the next iteration of the Nintendo handheld systems uh, and so i think i think it makes sense to keep that like ecosystem the same you know like you just just it's a, an extension of the switch kind of like brand but it's geared toward more people that want to play like on a handheld device but yeah see to me it just makes no sense the switch is a handheld device but they could also plug into a large tv take the controllers out you can take it i can take it to a friend's house we can both play a game together we both play mario kart together with the switch with the switch light you can't do that um like at least not out of the box basically and yeah i, I think i i don't see why it would have um been i i guarantee you they could have easily made it to where you could play. Uh, you have like an HDMI out um, output on yeah. that. I, I guarantee you that it wasn't an issue of like cost or not being able to put it in. I think it's more of like what they were looking at is like, what are we saying or what are we telling the customer with this system? And if, if it wasn't different enough that it's, if it's only difference, I should say was that it doesn't have removable uh, joy cons then you're looking at a system that is like really just uh like less uh uh versatile than the system that it's trying to replace so um i think they they strip that feature out to to make you focus as like this is a handheld so yeah i still think that was i don't know i just don't i just think it was a great idea um <laughs> personally i it, to, to me, as I say, the Switch works as a handheld. It is a handheld, but it can also do the other things. The Switch Lite just makes no sense. The only thing, the only reason I can see people really, really bought it was it's a bit cheaper, and they did the cool um, different um, releases. Like a friend of mine, she bought the Switch Lite. She specifically went for the Switch Lite over the normal Switch because they released a special Pokemon edition one. And she's like, yep. I've got to get that. She loves, she loves Pokemon. And she's like, if they did, if they, she's like, if they did. A normal switch in that with that Pokemon style, I would have got that. And I'm like, why don't you just get the normal switch? Like, yeah, but I love Pokemon. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Just like the thing is, Graham, <laughs> you're describing every like your average Nintendo fan that they will buy like whatever Nintendo puts out. So 
the thing is, Nintendo, all they needed is just, because they have a very predictable, um, like, hardware phase these days. Like, they'll put out the first iteration, and usually the second one will be, like, a slimmed-down version of whatever mm-hmm. that next thing is. And then sometimes if it's a handheld, then it's going to be a bigger version uh, of it after that. Um, but then they just continue to do the same you know, type of thing with their hardware as that generation kind of continues to mature. Um, and I think it's, it, it makes perfect sense, you know, for them at least. And so I think what you're seeing with the switch is just that, you know, like deliberate, uh, plan for how Nintendo deals with its hardware. You're seeing, you know, like the, the switch has been out like what over three years or so now. Um, and so yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, (laughs) It's, it's kind of surprising that we're just now getting the, you know, the, like the next, uh, you know, iteration or I guess within the last year. And so you're seeing that uh, now. And so what I, I think what we're going to be seeing in the next year or so um, is like the Switch Plus, where it basically just has a, uh, it slims the gap, I should say, between, uh, you know, it and your Xbox and PlayStation consoles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not necessarily saying it's going to compete with the PS5 and yeah. the the, um, the Series X or or whatever because it's not. Um, but it's just at least that margin is is you know measurably less than yeah. what it would was, and it's going to get all the Nintendo fanboys to buy another piece of hardware. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not 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 dissing the Switch because I love my Switch, but yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things, and that could be a whole conversation for another show. I think we could probably hold it. Let's leave, let's leave it there yep. for now. Um, okay. Moving Fair on enough. to uh, this is actually so my next last bit of news is actually another uh, Xbox news and it kind of ties in with the Switch in a way a little bit. Um, okay. So kind of you touched on it. I should have actually probably read your bit of news first. I didn't actually read yours fully, and I didn't see they they mention about previewing Project X Cloud. Now, do you know much about Project X Cloud? I know that it basically is a. Um... I guess kind of like a streaming thing where you can basically stream your Xbox to your phone, but you can also uh, have like a basically turn your your phone into a extension of your Xbox, right? So that's not entirely it. You're kind of along the right lines okay. there. Um, <laughs> so basically, the bit the, the bit of news is Project X Cloud now has a release date. Um, and one of the other big bits of news is that it will be free with Xbox um, Pass Ultimate, uh, Game Pass Ultimate. So if you subscribe to that, you actually get free, uh, that service for free, basically. And they are trialing it in a few countries, which is what they sort of mentioned in uh, what, in your bit of news that you mentioned earlier. Um, they they haven't confirmed all those countries yet, but it's speculated America, obviously. They're talking about the UK, most of mainland Europe, and some other parts of the world, uh, maybe Australia, for example. Uh, but yeah, so they're currently still try, trialing it, but they've actually got a launch date, which I can't find now. Ah, where's it gone? Oh no! Ah, I've just lost it. I've just lost it. Um, oh, do you know what? This is stupid. They didn't actually have a. They've confirmed that they just said later this year. Sorry. So apologies <laughs> there. I, I read it earlier and I was like, oh, launch date, and then now I'm looking at it, it's like, yeah, sometime this year. Brilliant. So yeah, it's uh, hasn't got the firm release date, but it's um, it's in fact it says September now. Sorry, I've just reread it again. It says oh September. my god! Wow, I, this is bad. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm having to reread this four times. Arriving in September, so later this year, September. Brilliant. So 
yeah so but to touch on the actual what it is it is kind of uh it's basically going to be a proper cloud streaming service for um so basically playing Xbox One or Xbox Series Xbox One and Xbox uh, Series X games on your phone. So they do have they are trying a uh, something very similar to what you said, which I've actually used, which does does stream from your directly from your Xbox to your phone, and that works really well. I was playing um, quite a few games on my phone. I was like playing Skyrim on my phone. I was like, this is amazing. I had like a special clip for my Xbox One controller clipped on my phone, and just seeing they go. This is awesome because, like, uh, yeah, I was, I was having a lot of fun with that. Um, but the yeah, Project X Cloud is meant to be a proper full-on cloud streaming service, so it's making, um, yeah, Xbox Xbox One games available on a handheld, which is why I so said it kind of ties a little bit in with the Switch in a way because it's almost like, even though Microsoft is not developing its own handheld system, you basically have a handheld system in your pocket now, basically that you can play Xbox One. Um, and Xbox Series X games on. They've said that you... So it plays over Wi-Fi at the moment, so you do need Wi-Fi. Um, but they sort of said that you you need to have a stable internet connection, but it doesn't necessarily need to be too fast. So um, they said it can run between 7 to 10 megabytes a second. And for like an FYI, Netflix, norm for standard definition quality on Netflix, is normally about five to six megabytes a second. So it's only a little bit higher than that, basically, what you need to run it. How fast are free internet service providers these days? <laughs> I have to find <laughs> out how much. Do they still offer free internet over there? <laughs> yeah, Mads the Fish, let's find out. There could be. I wonder if they're still going. That'd be amazing if they are. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, yeah. What are they called? So what was that? I said, "What were they called again?" Mad as a fish. Okay, I think I called them "What What is a fish?" or something. <laughs> That's even better. I'm, I'm fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, and, and from what I'm reading as well, I, I kind of they will be also PC games like they're on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate that will be streaming, but most of those games are actually also on xbox anyway uh but yeah essentially what they've set up is they've set up um, the processing power of, they've actually got servers with built-in xbox um gubbins basically the actual components from xboxes to to help run these games so they're not even they they're also, not... i think they also said they're going to be replacing those with um xbox uh one x uh versions as well they might be actually yeah i don't I so don't they're know actually that. like increasing the capability because i think wow. right now they're either like i think either xbox one s or just standard xbox uh one systems mm. and they're going to be replacing all of those with um xbox one x's just That's... to increase the processing power and everything yeah so that'd be cool um and they've sort of said that it's going to be yeah so in even in the future you'll be able to play the old the Xbox One the the old Xbox One games and also the new Xbox Series X games over this so I think that's a really cool thing I think it's a really cool service as well um, I love Xbox um, Game Pass Ultimate I think it's a really really good service uh, so you you basically getting access to hundreds of Xbox titles which you could then be able to play on your phone to so be able to play when you're on holiday for example which I think is a really cool idea uh, so that's, that's kind of what we wanted with on live if you remember on live back in the day. Oh, do I, Graham? Oh, yes. Um, so yeah, it's and so, yeah, it's cool. So, so the maybe, maybe, maybe Nintendo might need to step up their game with the Switch if you're able to play Xbox games on your 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 phone or your tablet. 
you know it's it's going to be available on android i believe also android and apple devices as well so hmm. yeah uh putting all the bags in the court and i think also windows tablets as well i hope so anyway but yeah <laughs> no they're not going to do windows tablets graham no one cares no, about not. windows tablets everyone anymore. loves a window tablet god damn it Except to play with you it. just start a window tablet blog. I think I will do. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, with that said, uh, we're going to jump into our next uh, commercial break. Um, but before we do that, I just want to give a little shout out to the Megavision's uh, Twitch channel. Because, Graham, did you know that we stream almost every single weekday on every, Twitch these days? Every day? Almost every single day. Almost every day. Uh, I didn't actually know that. I knew it was most days, but I didn't know it was almost. It's only it's only one day a week, but it's almost every day. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, that's Tell his me- joke. Um, we're actually streaming uh, Monday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, and so for this week, uh, we have uh, TJ, who's going to be streaming uh, Fantasy Star Online Two, which he Ooh. does every Monday. Um, on Tuesday, uh, Tornado Jones is going to be streaming some Panzer Paladin, which I'm going to be talking about later on this show. I'm so super excited about it. I've been playing it. It's so awesome. I can't talk enough about that game. So I'm really excited to see Tornado Jones with the stream on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, uh, Scotty Moe is going to be streaming uh, Knuckles Adventure uh, in Sonic 3, which... <laughs> Sonic games always bring uh, the views. I'll say that. That's mm-hmm. that's the one good thing. Um, and then uh, we're also going to still have a Thursday Night Throwdown with uh, hosted by Tornado Jones and the rest of the Megavisions crew. Uh, I don't know exactly what game they're going to be playing right now, but uh, TNT is always some good fun. So awesome. go to, uh, I think it's just, it's just uh, twitch.tv slash Megavisions to be able to go and watch our streams. Excellent. Okay, welcome back. And now we're moving on to our next section, which is Picks of the Week. So if you don't know, we will be talking about a couple of movies, TV shows, or video games that we've been playing in the last week that we'd highly recommend to the other person and also to your good selves. So uh, let's let's jump straight in with it, I guess. And so the first one I'm going to talk about, which I think I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago, I'm going to bring up again, is something called The Adventures of Merlin, or just Merlin, some people call it. Uh, Have you ever heard of this, Chris? Yes. (laughs) Sorry, awkward timing. (laughs) Just realized you were eating something. It took me a while to unmute myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes, I I watched uh, the Merlin, a few episodes of it, and I actually really really liked it i think I, we started with like the the bp show version of it the bbc show i think okay yeah yeah so yeah it was a, so yeah it's it's a bbc show which originally aired back in 2008 to 2012 um and it's uh if you're living in the uk it's actually currently available on netflix and that's how i've been watching it i did not watch the show back then back when it was first released i knew it was a thing People told me it was really good. I remember my mum saying, oh, you'll really love it. And I was like, oh, no, I've seen the adverts. I think, I think I'll think i miss it. And I really regret that now because I'm watching it on Netflix. I just thought, oh, that's, I'll just try it out. Tried a couple of episodes. And it's a kind of fun family sort of show that 
you know it's it doesn't take itself too seriously it's there's nothing too violent in it there are sort of deaths in it there's nothing too violent there's no bad language or anything but it's like a kind of like afternoon family sort of show type thing but uh yeah it's really good really entertaining the first few episodes are kind of cheesy and kind of getting used to the characters and stuff and yeah i guess they're, they're some of the storylines feel a little bit more episodic if that makes sense so they are more this is just an episode here an episode here an episode here they don't really link together then the episode starts to link together more and more and then like throughout the seasons it gets it gets more like epic in a way and i'm now on the final season but they've been like the last three seasons have just had amazing episodes, like really entertaining. Some of the episodes like early in the season feel like like end of series episodes. They're like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? Oh, wow. Um, so I've been really enjoying I think I, I was saying to someone the other day, I think I've enjoyed this more than I w- enjoyed Game of Thrones. Like I loved Game of Thrones. I thought it was a brilliant show, like amazing. But I've been really, really getting invested in this. <laughs> Adventures of Merlin is better than Game of Thrones. I, I do. I'm. I don't know. I don't know if I could say claim it is better because this is why we get Metacritic <laughs> delaying user reviews. You know, for until thirty six hours. You watch two episodes of Adventures of Merlin. You want to go on Metacritic and say that it's better than Game of Thrones? Hell yeah! Graham. <laughs> I all I'm saying is I've enjoyed this more than I did with Game of Thrones. Like I, I, I loved Game of Thrones. I thought Game of Thrones was epic, epic show. Um, this is catering for a different audience, though. What about when they poisoned but... Joffrey, though? Wasn't that the best <laughs> episode ever? Everyone that was, was really universally good. happy after that. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, that was like, that was, he was such a good baddie, though. He was like a baddie you really he hated. Him. He hated him more than he hated boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You hated him. <laughs> but it was so good. Um, yeah, I, I, Game of Thrones was amazing. It had you on the edge of your seat every week. But this has just been really fun. This is... I'm saying it's it's fun in a different way because you know Game of Thrones is like right. oh anyone can die like my favorite characters are probably going to die this episode oh my god who's going to die this week who's going to get naked this week Game of Thrones brilliant um, what's that's like the regular drugs? BBC like drama TV isn't it so, <laughs> who's going to die who's going to get naked that's kind of how you guys roll right <laughs> indeed uh, who's going to dye their hair <laughs> except in Merlin which is not any of that it's, it's, there are a few episodes where some of the main characters do die or at least some of the sort of side-ish main ca- characters have been in there for a while they, they you never dyed their hair no, no one's dyed their hair though unfortunately uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you something Graham and I'm okay. gonna put myself out here okay and uh, don't laugh at me when I ask you this question okay because I think most people wonder the same thing but they're too afraid to ask the question for oh, fear no. of uh, judgment and any possible repercussions was king arthur a real person i don't think he was but now now i'm saying that i'm now i'm not sure i'm gonna have to google this i feel like um, i I think like like evidence of it i thought i saw like an episode of the history channel where they're like saying that he was actually real or something Okay, apparently he was real. Um, that's the, in my head, I couldn't, I couldn't remember if he was real or it was all fantasy. Because um, I figured he'd be like your guys' like version of Crocodile Dundee. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's our Walker Texas Ranger, more like. <laughs> but like, isn't he though? Like, I mean, I, like, I figured you would know. They would teach that in in primary school about King Arthur and his exploits. So they really did them, not my school anyway. We we learned loads of cool medieval what stuff. What school did you go to? Probably <laughs> Catholic school. 
uh, Church of England, good sir. Church of England. (laughs) 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 Yeah. uh, So, yeah, I I, clearly I don't know my own history. Yeah. Apparently Arthur was real. I forgot that. Like, I... It's one of those things that it, there's so many legends about him that you kind of think, he's not real, he can't be real. But, yeah. Okay, so next question, was Merlin real? Because yeah, that's what we all really want to know. hundred Merlin's got to be real. Like if, if Merlin's not real, what's the point? What's the point in all right. this nonsense? Yeah, I mean, that's because he's like the best uh, co-pilot in history, right? <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Apparently he was real. Um, what? Wait. The wizard? Oh, wait, no. No, 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 no. Okay, so he is a character that was made from an amalgamation of previously previous historical and legendary figures. Okay. Um yeah, so yeah, that that this is this is this is breaking news. This should be in the news section. Breaking news. After <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was like real. Years too late. <laughs> this is that this is that new section. So we go from five days too late to five thousand years too late. It's more like one thousand years too late, actually. But yeah, I don't know who remembers. Yeah. Oh dear. Ah, oh, wow. Um, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so yeah, don't, don't ask me. Graham recommends it. Adventures of Merlin. As I'm saying, it. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed, I enjoyed it on a different level to Game of Thrones. I'm going to say, let's say, say, let's say that. I can't say it's better than Game of Thrones, but I've enjoyed it on a different level. Loving it. Really good. If you're in the UK, it's on Netflix. If you're in America, maybe it's somewhere. I don't know. Chris, you can, you can, you can find that out. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's out there because I know I've, I've seen it. Okay. Um, I, I, should pro- I should actually probably explain, sorry, very briefly, I should probably explain the premise of the show for anyone sure. who is listening who's never heard of it, never seen it. So the idea is it's actually a young Merlin. So you think of Merlin as being the old wizard, like Dumbledore-esque, you know, long beard kind of guy with a funny flappy cap on. Um, but no, he's actually a young uh, apprentice. Uh, he is, uh, he becomes Prince Arthur's steward uh, to like sort of, you know, look after Prince Arthur because um, Arthur's not locking at this point. Arthur's also quite a young man, uh, a little bit older than, Actually, yeah, that's a weird thing. In the show, Arthur is older than Merlin, but in in the old depictions, Merlin was always the oldest, like always an old wizard. Old wizard. Anyway, um, but the the la- currently in the land, uh, the land is the land of Camelot is controlled by Ar- uh, Arthur's father, King Uther, and he has outlawed magic. He hates magic. He he's scared of witchcraft. Uh, basically, his wife, uh, Arthur's mother, died because of magic, and he sort of outlawed the whole thing. So Merlin, who has magic. He's practicing magic every episode, but he's got to keep it in secret for because he could be killed. Basically, it's a death penalty, and he's sort of helping King Uther, helping Arthur because he had this. He's given this premonition early on that um, Arthur is meant for great things and will change the course of Camelot, and you know magic will once again be welcome. But he has to basically wait for Arthur to become king and for all this stuff to happen. He can't just make it happen. So yeah, and that's kind of what it is. It's like his little adventures and stuff go like happening, trying to hide the fact that he does magic while protecting the prince and trying to guide him as well on the on the right path. So there's there's things like there's dragons in it. There's there's some cool there's some really cool stories. Like there's some characters who like are good and then turn bad or bad and turn good and it's actually pretty decent stuff in it. And I just find it very entertaining, lighthearted entertainment, really good fun. Do you know where Camelot is meant to have been located? Oh, good God damn it. Let's, uh, let's, let's Google Camelot. <laughs> That's like our Alamo, Graham. You should know. 
Um, oh dear. Oh, that thing is a real thing. <laughs> it's it, the story's located somewhere in Great Britain, and sometimes associated <laughs> with real cities. <laughs> uh, this precise location is not revealed. It's it's like Hogwarts, basically. It, it's a, it's a thing somewhere in England, and no one knows where it is. If you get on the train at like King's Cross or something, you'll you'll get there. <laughs> Platform 11 and a half, you'll get there. Don't worry. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've been playing uh, a a video game this week. um, And I I, kind of talked about it earlier on the show. It's called Panzer Paladin. And I played this game for the first time at PAX East, which is pretty much the last big uh, convention that we had here in the States, like before the lockdown hit. Hmm. Um, And that was one of my favorite games of the show. Like, it's basically like, well, you we've been playing Master Blaster, um, or Blaster Master. Yeah. I always get those mixed up. Um, it's essentially kind of like that, but it also has some of the light RPG elements that I was talking about in last week's show as well. Like, when I was talking oh. about how, if, if we could do a new new um, Blaster Master, like, what would it look like? And I said, I would love one with RPG elements. So Panzer Paladin has that in it. It has, like, um, you have all these sorts of, like, items that you can pick up. It's basically, like, it's meant to look like an 8 to 16-bit, like, platformer, like, side-scrolling platformer type game. So a little bit like Mega Man, um, but you basically control this, like, really giant mech. And you have to go to, like, different uh, cities throughout the world to fight these, like... uh, like local like folklore monsters if that makes sense like okay. um so so for instance like you have to fight this uh monster called anubis in egypt oh, yeah. and cool. it's like it's meant to look like kind of like the 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 anubis god and and okay. in um you have to go to russia you fight like baba yaga uh, oh, and cool. all these other things that are like monsters um that are like specific to regions throughout the world uh, and there's this whole like backstory behind it. It's pretty crazy, uh, but it's just the the it the simplicity, but also the addition to uh, the customization that they give you in that game is so much fun. It it's so crazy how they take just a simple premise and stick with the uh, like the eight and sixteen bit aesthetic, but add in all these like really cool elements to the game to give it a fresh feel for this genre, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That's, yeah. I've seen, I've seen gameplay footage and you showed me a little clip that you created the other day and I thought it does look really cool. And I like, I like what you, they've done with it. Like, like the, how you can create your own weapons and stuff. Like you pretty much literally drawing a weapon and. Yeah. There's a like a, a the blacksmith area in the game and it gives you basically like, um, I don't know if you've ever did like Mario paint back in the day where you can like, draw like with the like the the pencil tool and you're basically like coloring in like um like pixels per like per pixel basically to draw something it allows you to essentially do that and you have a a somewhat limited color palette i think it's like five different colors or shades um but you can design a weapon but what's neat is as you're designing it you see like a little video of uh the mech like using the weapon Uh. as you're drawing it in real time and it's it's really crazy, um, and uh, I, I just think that's a really neat element. And apparently, there's like a there's an 
there's a feature where there's an online portion to where you can actually share your designs with other players and it'll randomly pop into other players games Ooh, that's kind of cool so if you design like a really cool like a hammer or sickle or something you can you know it'll it'll have feature where you can upload that and like i don't know someone else somewhere else in the world could, could essentially be playing with your designed weapon that's pretty, pretty neat cool. Can, yeah. do the, can you like have weapons that have like a different animation or different function like um... yeah so there's there are different weapons so they're and, and they each have um somewhat different abilities like there's like icons for each weapon there's like a slashing weapon that's like a sword and, and or like a uh like a smaller knife there is bludgeon weapons and there's like spear weapons okay. and so they also have different features and different like durability and power so like if you're using the same weapon over and over again um that weapon if the durability runs out it just shatters and mm. it it auto equips to the next uh weapon that you have like kind of like in your inventory okay. but what's neat is every weapon also has a spell attached to it that you can um you can basically uh enact the spell by pressing like uh, the two shoulder buttons okay. uh for like three seconds or so um, but what's neat, so it's like, what's kind of smart is like some weapons uh, have like a, a healing spell. And so if you use it, it'll heal a portion of your uh, mech. And so it's kind of smart to where like right before it breaks, like the durability breaks in it, you can use that and you can actually heal yourself. So okay. there's lots of different um, spells tied to different kind of weapons. It's it, it get, there, There's a lot to this game. Yeah, It's, it's funny because um, if you just look at it for a few seconds you're like oh it's just your standard you know indie you know retro style uh mega man game but if you take some time with it you'll see that it's much more than that um and so i hope people give this game a chance it's uh releases on july 21st so pretty much by the time you are hearing this this game <laughs> should be available yeah. uh and it's going to be available on uh, steam and switch so oh, yeah, so for the for those Switch fans out there, you'll be able to get it, and then also on Steam. But I this is one of those games that's just ripe for uh, a limited run, you know, mm. like uh, release because there could be so much cool stuff with that. So awesome, yeah, um, it does look really cool. I have to admit. And what one last question on on the weapons? You say they can shatter. Can you get them fixed? As a way to fix them, or do you have to go and buy a new one or build another one? Or I'm I don't. Unless, I, I I have not seen where you can go and like fix a weapon like the durability like there's not like a, a blacksmith shop to where okay. I don't think you can do that. I'm not sure though on like when you get to checkpoints if it also refills the durability uh, for your your character because I think I think it does for your mech. Right. Um, but it's the 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 thing is though that's that's really cool about the game though too is that the level design is um, done in such a way where there's certain portions where you have to come out of your mech. And when you do that as, like, your little character, you have, like, this um, Castlevania-like style whip, oh, which cool. is really cool, like, what you can fight with. Um, but you can't take very much damage before yeah. you die. It's, like, two or three hits and you're dead. Um, but the the game um, kind of puts you in situations where you have to come out of your mech to access, like, a certain area. And then you can get there, and then somehow you can, like, 
call your mech back on a certain platform and it rematerializes and you can jump back in and keep going. Oh, okay, that's pretty uh, cool. So, so there's some really cool stuff. And there's actually some pretty uh, gnarly platforming elements at certain points in the game. And you have to definitely use like your full uh, arsenal of, of like jumps and moves and dashes and everything else that's, that's in there. That's cool. There's a lot to the game. So I, I hope people check this game out and don't awesome. sleep on it. Cool. And so, moving on, what's your next pick of the week? Um, my next pick of the week, oh man, um, so I talked last week about how um, we were watching the X-Men and Wolverine series. Yes. And so we finished Dark Phoenix, which was the next one uh, after, uh, I think it was, what was the last one? Crap, I can't remember. Um, oh, I think it was X-Men Origins, I oh, think. Okay. Um, and so we finished uh, Dark Phoenix, and then we went to the original X-Men, which was okay. this little one that started it all in back in 2000. Yep. And I think I said last week that um, whatever whatever movie came before Dark Phoenix, um, I can't Apocalypse. Apocalypse, that's what it was. It was Apocalypse. Yeah. I was saying that that movie was not as bad rewatching it later on than I remember it being. Yeah. Um, I will go on the opposite side with X Men. Oh, really? It's way worse than no. I remember it being. It is not good. It is. It is not good. The one thing that I say that the that it did do right is it got Sabretooth better than much better than it did in the the Wolverine uh, yeah. movie. Um, because it was just horrible. I was happy that they had that at least. There were some good parts in in X Men. Like I actually liked. Um, God, I can't remember his name. The uh, the senator's character. Okay, yeah. I I thought that whole element of involving like this radical senator that is just all in arms against the mutants is a really smart idea because you've seen that time and time again. We've even seen that in the video game industry, like yeah. what a this, like radical senator um, or congressman can can do. Uh, and so I think that was like a really cool part to it. But after all that, I feel like the movie just kind of fell apart. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I, and I, I was not a fan of, of, of Wolverine in this movie. Hugh Jackman it was terrible. Wow. Um, okay. It's just I, I didn't like uh even um uh Donut Lord who was also playing uh Cyclops. I was not feeling him <laughs> in this. I uh, <laughs> I bet you forgot about that, Grant. That Donut I, Lord is Cyclops. I don't know who Donut Lord is. I don't know that From reference. The Sonic movie. Oh of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I thought Grant. that was a joke in the movie. Oh yeah, no that yeah. Um I say I've seen the original X-Men quite a few times, so I can remember it pretty well. Um, I'm not going to say it's the best of the X-Men movies, and it's probably not the best superhero movie out there. I, I think it holds up quite well, because I didn't see it that long ago, maybe like a year or two ago I saw it. Um, that, yeah, there are bits in it that are probably not as good as I remember, but uh, the one thing I always... I never like Cyclops, Cy, Cyclops in those movies, partly because of... Um, he has like press a button on the side of his his visor which he never used to do in the cartoon from memory like he, he actually to... has like a dial that he can turn yes it, like, i guess it, it determines like this sh- the strength streets or something 
Yeah, like it, yeah, it's because a, there's a uh, there's a moment where he has to blast off um, some like handcuffs or something from Jean Grey, and he's like, "Okay, wait a second. He like dials it down and then, like blasts them. Yeah, and I, I and he always seems to like have to like like even if he's not dialing it though, he always seems to have to like sort of focus for a second, and, like press press something or do something with his visor. And I was that always annoyed because every time he tries to use his visor in that bloody movie, he'll like go <laughs> and then like someone will hit him, and he's like, "Oh god, oh no, didn't get to use it." <laughs> It just really frustrated me, like every and X Men Two as well. There's quite a few times where he sort of goes and then like someone punches him or he gets knocked over. Like bloody hell, man! You've got the worst if only power. Only could use it more. Yeah, and I really like Toad in it. Like I thought he was a very underused character. Like I yeah, thought he, he was, was cool. great. He is such an awesome bad guy. Except it's he was a... shooting those like weird loogies at everybody. That was gross. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's a perfect start in the. Um, in the uh is it grand central station he's in or is they in a train station or something and yeah and yeah and like toad's on the ceiling and like as cyclops is about to like use his visor thing and then toad just like whips his tongue at him like breaks it off and they suddenly like use <laughs> like lasers are just coming out of his eyes and like puts a hole in the ceiling i was like this is awesome and toad is cool toad is cool um it was kind of sad to see how young Patrick Stewart and Ian McClellan were in this movie. <laughs> it, it was like almost scary because like this was before Lord of the Rings with Ian McKellen, you know, yeah. like it was um, pre that. And, you know, Patrick Stewart was not too far off of next generation. Yeah. Um, and so he still looked very young. I mean, think about it, this is 20 years ago. And um, I will say, man, out of anyone, um, I will say like, Hugh Jackman and Donut Lord still look great after this. Yeah, they do. Actually, you know, this yeah. is twenty years ago. They're still, you know, strapping young lads, and so <laughs> man, good for those yeah. guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one thing I did also didn't like was Rogue. I thought that waste of a character, like in the cartoon series. I know. Oh it, yes. They, they haven't really had an origin story or whatever at this point, but yeah, like in in the cartoon series she was amazing like she she could fly she was super strong and stuff she and had that awesome southern accent too yes yes she did that was super <laughs> uh, sexy <laughs> yeah hi sugar like she was great <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was funny because like, what i was her watching i had to explain to odin like what her powers were because okay. he didn't understand he was just like she touched people and they would freak out but he didn't understand that like what she's really doing is absorbing their powers and yeah. stuff. And so I had to explain that whole thing to him. Yeah, and from humans, she like drains their life force, basically, doesn't she? Like, right. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's and the actual comic books and stuff, that's apparently how she got her powers. She actually drained Captain Marvel's powers, like to the point that Captain Marvel lost her powers or something. And she got her. She basically got them and took them on permanently. So that's how she got like super strong and like super... You know, you could fly. She's, I don't think it really shows her being super strong in this movie. Oh, she, that's the thing. In the X-Men trilogy, X-Men 1, 2, and 3, she doesn't have those powers. She can only drain people's energy. Right, like, yeah. She can't. She's not strong. She can't she can fly. fly. She's, she, she, was that she can fly? Did you say? No, no. I was oh, no, she can't fly. No, no, she can't. Yeah, sorry, it sounded like you said she can. Yeah, she can't fly. She's not strong. Uh, so it's it's almost like... She's almost at her origin story, but they haven't told the story. And that I was really expecting in like X-Men 2 or 3 for her to really come through. Like it'd be like, aha, she gets her powers or something just, somehow. Yeah, I think that... Waste. I don't want to say that I feel like it was miscast because I think the whole character itself was just misdirected. Absolutely, um, yeah. And so, you know, I think uh, the actress, I think she probably did a fine job for what 
they were wanting. I think she probably did exactly what they were wanting because it seemed like that character with its dialogue and its direction is exactly what she did. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I love that actress. She played Sookie in the, um, yeah, True Blood, uh, True Blood, which she yeah. was amazing in. I'll say that. Uh, so I like her. I just, I feel like they didn't give her really a lot to, to work with in this, in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Anna Paquin. That's her name. Anna Paquin. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. So awesome. yeah, I, I, I actually think she's a good actress. And as you say, for her character in the movies, she did a, decent job i thought she was actually good yeah she portrayed it well but yeah they just they misdirected they miswrote and misdirected that character yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah it's that was that was my that was probably my biggest disappointment of the whole movie and the whole trilogy actually um i mean x-men 3 wasn't great anyway but um <laughs> it's uh yeah i i i but it's, it's so yeah next up is x2 Yes, excellent. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because if you didn't like X one, I wonder how you feel about X two. Like, um, I, I would arguably say X two yeah. is better, but who knows? Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I remember. That's the thing is, like, I remember really liking these back in the day. Uh, yeah. Me and uh, my my brother Adam and my dad, we would go see these in the movie theater as they released, and I remember coming out like we really liked it. Um, and so I, I I think I remember what happens in X two. Um, but uh, I, I I can't remember for sure if it was X two or the third X Men movie that I'm thinking of. Um, something that they did to Professor X, which I was so mad about coming out of the theater. That we three. But, uh, yeah. Okay, three. Yeah, I was like, I swore off the. Th- I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I'm I now that I know that's coming in X three, I want to see if Odin has like the same okay, yeah. uh, reaction as I did yeah. coming out of the theater. I have one comment about X-Men 2, but I'm not going to say it now. I'm going to wait for you to watch the movie. And then I want to say that comment and see what you say. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cause we'll probably watch it tomorrow. So I'll be ready to talk about that on the next okay, show. Cool. Yeah, it's just one thing. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, we'll see what you think. Um, nice. Yeah. What about uh, you? Is there anything else that uh, you've been watching? Yes, there is actually. And I actually watched it today, this evening before the show. So have you heard of the old guard at all? I think so. I think that might be something that Jamie started watching or something like that. So yeah, it's it's a new Netflix film, so made by Netflix. Uh, came out a couple of weeks ago, I think, and it's based. It's actually based on a comic book of the same name, uh, created by Greg Rucker or Ruka. Um, I'm not really into comic books, so I'm not. I've never didn't actually know it was a comic book until after watching the movie. Um, and it's uh, it stars Charlize Theron. Uh, they're basically there's, there's only a handful of actually really well or recognizable actors in it. But Charlie Theron is the main one. The next character, the next guy, I'm going to get his name wrong because I've never known how to pronounce it. But uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, I don't know if you know him. He's he's been in quite a lot of stuff. So what was that? I said you nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Yes. Good. Better than my <laughs> Japanese, at least. Anyway, <laughs> um, he's he's been quite a lot of stuff. If you've ever seen Serenity. Oh yeah, yeah. So he is the kind of cool assassin, kind of bad guy who's chasing them in Serenity, the English guy. Um, so yeah, he's he's in this. It's also got um, Harry Melling, who is Dudley from the Harry Potter movies, if you remember him. So Harry's uh, fat cousin who used to bully him. Um, is he so fat? No, he's super skinny now, like proper genuinely <laughs> skinny. <laughs> he's Good yeah. Problem. 
Yeah, good for him. He uh, from his old mom and dad. Yeah. And he, just, he blossomed after that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then it's got is he like, a guy, though, at least? Is he, is he what, sorry? Is he a bad guy still? Yes, he is. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> give that, I'll give that a changes. Though. Yeah, that guy. Like At one point, I was like, oh, he could be a good guy. And then like literally about 30 seconds after seeing him, it, it revealed he's a bad guy. So it's like, yeah, it's not really a spoiler. But um it's if you don't know what it's about, um, give you a very quick rundown. It's basically about a group of undying warriors who are now being targeted uh, for being undying because they basically can get shot in the head and they will bit like bit like Wolverine actually. They will reheal and like the bullet will pop back out or whatever, and they're completely healed. But they're basically being targeted for their powers. Basically, um, someone wants to try and harness their powers for various reasons, and. Um, Around this time, they've actually just discovered a new immortal who's uh, there's only a handful of them, there's like four of them, and a new immortal sort of arrives on the scene, and they're all interconnected, so they kind of know this new immortal is just um, this person's just become immortal basically. And yeah, so that's kind of the premise, um, like without trying to give anything away about the plot, really. So I watched it earlier, I loved it, I thought it was such an entertaining movie, it's very good, very well filmed, like the action in it was really good there's sometimes some movies, especially Hollywood side of movies, I find the the action is too fast paced and too frenetic and the camera angles are too choppy so it's almost like you can't help tell what the hell is going on like, I, 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 brought, I was brought up on like Chinese uh, martial arts movies and stuff where they were really cheaply shot, so they were shot like just with one camera and like um, you can see everything that's happening. It's really good. And I don't like the way Hollywood does action sometimes. This did it really well. Um, there were, there was every, every fight scene looked really good, I thought. Um, and yeah, Charlie Theron can kick ass. How old is she now? Because, like, um, I mean, she looks she looks great for her age. I'm going to have to Google her, actually. Uh, Charlie Theron is... She's 44. She looks fantastic. Um yeah, she's like kicking ass, and like you know, doing some cool, cool, uh, cool fighting in it, and yeah, it's just a fun movie. Um, Did you see the story uh, that came out about her recently about how uh, she was really sad that she her character got recast for a Mad Max like prequel, and so oh. they they're basically getting a younger actress, and so she's saying that it's like it was like really hard pill to swallow. Uh, allowing her character to get recast because she's kind of at that point in her career where she's too old to play a younger girl. Well, she looked, she looked great oh. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. That's just kind of the beast of uh, Hollywood, right? Yeah. Although, I mean, how much younger are they talking? Like, were they talking like just a few years before the previous Mad Max? Or are they talking I'm like not sure. 10 years before? Cause you know, um, I don't know. I, I, that's sad though. That is sad. Cause she was great in Mad Max. She was like so good. Well, she kind of stole the show. Yeah, you know absolutely. that was kind of her movie. Yeah, um, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, Mad Max by name, but uh, not not by nature, I guess. Let's <laughs> <As> to say <laughs> it's um, yeah. Wanda. Her, her and um, oh, I forgot his name, but he's an X Men. He plays Beast in the the newer X Men movies. Him in that movie when he that 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 line is like, "What a day! What a lovely day!" Like you know, you know, what I'm talking about good. Anyway, he, uh, I yeah. thought he's saw the show. Hit both those two were my two favorite characters in that movie by far. They were so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So if you haven't seen the Old Guard, I'd recommend watching it. It's if you like sort of fantasy action movies. I thought it was really entertaining. It's all set in modern day, 
by the way. So it's it's not like um, uh, old medieval fantasy. It's actually modern day sort of sci-fi fantasy. Really entertaining. Really enjoyed it. The, the storyline is simple. But it's very easy to follow. Um, sometimes a simple storyline's worth it. I think. I think really good. So I think more often than not, keeping it simple is better. Yeah, yeah. Some some some, some movies go try to be clever and they just end up being like, exactly like really. Um, and there's a couple of good twists in it as well. There's a couple of twists. Like a couple. Like I'm actually normally quite good at spotting twists in movies. Like there've been times I've been seeing them. A character will walk on the screen like he's done it or he's a bad guy or <laughs> and then just like no and then like towards the end of the movie it's like oh he was a bad guy so sort of they like yeah yeah I, I saw that just by one thing he said but yeah in this there was there's nothing that indicated some of the twists in it i was like oh that's pretty good like like cool um oh, okay so yeah i i watch it tell me what you think and yeah brilliant there we go so i guess that that ends our picks of the week so, should we go on to another commercial break, my friend? Okay, welcome back. And now we are moving on to our feature discussion of the week, which this week we are looking at a couple of top reboots or remakes of video games. So, we're each going to pick a game that we love as a remake, talk about it a bit, discuss it, discuss why it's better than the original, perhaps, or better than the original type of franchise and um yeah so chris my friend what what has tickled your fancy this week i'll have to go with the game that man i i followed this game from the like the very beginning of when it came on to kickstarter um until the time where it actually launched with a full physical uh, retail edition, which was amazing, and that is Mutant Football League. Ooh, nice! Choice. Do you remember much about this game, Graham? I remember you going crazy about the Kickstarter, <laughs> um, and this I... was like, this was around when like there was a just a ton of retro Kickstarters that came around. Like this was not too long after um, Adenunziata's uh, Big Blue mm-hmm. uh, Kickstarter, which ultimately failed, unfortunately. Uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Also, was... Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Um, Boogerman. Oh yeah. I think there may have also been some sort of Earthworm Jim one um, around then. But anyway, Mutant Football League uh, came out, and it had at the time. I think they were asking for almost a million dollars. It was like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars that they were mm. wanting. Um, and according to my notes, oh my god, dude, this is crazy. It was all the way back in 2013 oh, that wow. when they launched the original um, Kickstarter campaign. That's crazy I because I remember. I feel like, I, to me, Kickstarter's only been around for a couple of years. I don't know what. <laughs> it, but I remember this happening. I remember this being a Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh my god. This, this is pro- Kickstarter's probably getting close to 10 years old now. It's Whoa. crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, so they were looking for, yeah, three quarters of a million dollars. Um, they failed to reach the goal. Um, but, uh, Michael Minheim, who is the original creator of the Mutant, uh, League football franchise, um, he developed a company called Digital Dreams Entertainment. So they kept working on the game even after wow. they failed at Kickstarter. So I don't know where they got this money from. I don't know if it was, uh, Michael Minheim just funding at all or if they had some sort of seed money uh or some sort of investor um but a few years later 
Um, it was actually in 2017, so four years later. That's crazy that it took that long. Um, they came back with another uh, Kickstarter campaign, and this time they were only looking to to get like sixty thousand uh, dollars. The game was almost done at that point, and they actually, I think, they um, launched with a demo uh, on the Kickstarter that you could play. Ooh, and good. so. <clears throat> I don't know if, if you remember playing the original Mutant League football, but it was based on the Madden engine of the day. It was like, like Madden 95 or something. Um, except they swapped the sprites out with like different mutants and monsters and changed a lot of like the um, some of the like the game mechanics and stuff. Like there were uh, like uh, stuff on in the field, like hazards and other things that yeah. could, like pits and stuff, your character could fall in and just die. And um, they, they just completely reworked the game. Um, but this time around, they started completely fresh, and they made a 3D football game. Like, But it, it still like stayed true to the, the spirit of the series, where you could fight, you could, you know, like, you, you have all these different mutants and monsters. Um, they're all brought about in in 3D, and I think the game just did so such really cool stuff. Um, it's an actual fun football game, and uh, it was it was finally released um, on Windows. It was uh, October 31st of 2017, and then the following year in January, uh, it was released on the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and then later on in 2018, on October 30th, it finally got released for the Switch. Wow. Um, and at some point between then, um, I can't remember if it was Limited Run or someone, but they they did a physical run of them. And I think it also went to retail as well, because oh, I wow. see it. I, I see it in GameStop and stuff when I go there. So um, I think they may have started with like a Limited Run style uh publishing agreement but i think at some point they they got a second run maybe of like a retail um, release as well so that's really yeah. good wow so how so this this is obviously like a remake or a reboot so how, how does it compare to the original game like is it have they made vast improvements i know you said it's 3d but um in terms of other features is there anything in particular that really stands out for you that make you think it makes it a lot better than the original or other things in the original that you think do better. The, I think the biggest thing is that they took the, the premise of the original and brought it into a 3d environment and it worked brilliantly. And there's not a lot of games that can do that. You know, there's, there's stuff that work in 2d that just don't work very well in 3d. Uh, look at a lot of the Sonic franchise, for instance. <laughs> um, and, and you'll, you'll see what I mean by that. But I, I think, the biggest thing to say is that uh, where the developers succeeded in this game is taking that idea and spirit of an arcadey, monster-focused football game and translating that into 3D. And it worked really, really well. I, I think as a football simulation, it does a lot of things really well. Like, nothing superb, um, you know, when you're comparing it to, like, you know, the Maddens and other games like that, that uh, like really focus on the simulation aspect. Like it doesn't do anything crazy, but I think just being able to take the idea and spirit of the game and bring it into 3D is is very impressive on its own. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, was it? Would there be anything you'd love to see if they were to do a 
Music League Football t- sequel, uh, number two. Like, um, is there anything you'd like the to The only thing like, I would love to see is if they could somehow come to some sort of like licensing agreement with EA where they could actually use the Mutant Football League branding in addition to the characters uh, right. and the teams. Because I don't know if you remember, is like they had a, a character that was um, like somewhat. Uh, based on Bo Jackson, but he was called Bones Jackson, uh, okay. and he was kind of like the star of the, the 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 IP. He had like long black hair. He was kind of a zombie. He had these like big shades he'd wear. He was just like the the best player in the league. I would love to see Bones Jackson yeah. come back home and and be playable in like uh, the next Mutant uh, Football League game. I think that would be amazing. That would be cool. Yeah. And I would love them to eventually make a new Mutant League hockey game because that was really the game that I loved back then. Um, Because as much as I loved Mutant League football, Mutant League hockey was my jam. And (laughs) I I loved that game. I would play it by myself so many. I I got lost in that game um, as a kid. (laughs) And if they could come back uh, with a, a hockey game in 3D, just do what they did with uh, Mutant Football League, but for the uh, Mutant Hockey League, you could call it. Um, I would be super, super happy awesome. with that. Brilliant! Yeah, that's it, you got me. You got me excited for a new Mutant Hockey League. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you excited, Graham. I've done my job. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so you, yeah, for my game that I've chosen, it is Tomb Raider Anniversary. And if you don't know about it, it was released back in on the first of June two thousand and seven. So wow, that's whew, thirteen years ago now. Um, it was it was actually released as part of almost in celebration of the original Tomb Raider's tenth anniversary. Even though it was actually released a year after the tenth anniversary, but let's let's scratch over that for a bit. Um, yeah, it was the developed and um, it's developed by Crystal Dynamics and published by IDOS. Um, so IDOS owned the license to Tomb Raider, the Tomb Raider franchise. They always had that license, um, and it was on the on PC, PlayStation Two, PSP, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, Wii, mobile phones, and uh, on Mac and PS Three as well. Um, the mobile version though was not the same game. It was like a two um, D, very cartoony kind of Lara Croft game. Um, but yeah, I, I I didn't even realize it was a mobile. I had to look at that earlier. I was like mobile, and looked at it I was like, oh, this is yeah, not not the same game at all. Um, so um, as I say, as a as a recent tenth anniversary of the original Tomb Raider, which was released back in nineteen ninety six. So yeah, as I say, it's actually eleven years after they released it. They released this one. And the original Tomb Raider was developed by Core Design, but published by Idols Interactive. Because I actually had to look into this because I I remember that Core Design was the original franchise. They they made the first four or five Tomb Raider games plus another one. So like I think they made six Tomb Raider games, and then they kind of, they kind of lost the license. I just I just took it away from them because the games were getting too stale. So this was around the time that actually Crystal Dynamics took over. They made Tomb Raider Legend. And then made Tomb Raider Anniversary based on the Tomb Raider Legend engine. Because the Tomb Raider Legend, if you don't oh, okay. know, completely changed the game. So before that, the the games, uh, it's partly down to the technology at the time, but the games were very kind of, the, the movements 
uh, like to, to do jumps and stuff you really had to line up your movements and stuff and like yeah. the puzzles were quite slow there's a lot of action in the game and Lara had some cool moves she could do backflips and stuff and she could swim and do handstands and stuff it was a really at the time the first Tomb Raider was amazing like all the stuff you could do it was like wow this is a really good 3D game um, but that gameplay kind of got slightly stale as it went on like Tomb Raider 2 was still fine Tomb Raider 3 started to get uh, then 4 and 5 and then they released Angel of Darkness which was just not a good game at all um and that's when they lost the franchise basically um and so yeah with uh, crystal not Alexander, they they kept the kind of similar style lara so she could still do cool flips she still used guns like two guns at a time um and they, but they made it a bit smoother so she could run around more easily she could um like jumping was a lot easier and she has added some mo- more moves to her um repertoire as it were so yeah and um so Tomb Raider Anniversary is was the just some a few facts always for you. Tomb Raider Anniversary was the eighth entry in the Tomb Raider series. Um it wasn't ported to Mac and PlayStation 3 until 2011. So uh four years after it was actually released. Uh and it takes place in the same timeline as Tomb Raider Legend, but it's actually set before Tomb Raider Legend, even though Tomb Raider Tomb Raider Legend was made first. Um and um yeah, a couple other bits. Like the Wii version had exclusive motion control elements to it, which some people liked, some people didn't. And yeah, um, but the reason why I loved it was because they basically took a really good game and did quite a risky move, really, because remaking old games and, you know, remaking old movies, remaking old games never, never, never normally works out quite well. But I think they did a brilliant job because they kept true to the original storyline. They actually got the original writers back on board, uh, at least one or two of the original writers anyway, um, and the original music composer to revamp some of the soundtrack. They added new parts and new scenes to, to, to make more of the backstory more coherent. And, um, and they kept the level design similar, but they upgraded it. So Lara has a couple of new moves. One of them in particular, she's got this sort of... Um, I was about to say a whip, but it's not really a whip. It's like a grappling hook. She throws out and she can like latch onto certain parts of the scenery. She can latch onto like uh, hooks on the wall and like do switch, like swing across. So they, they amped up the, um, some of the puzzles a bit more and they changed some of the level design slightly, but they kept it quite, quite reasonably similar. So some of the main elements to it were the same. So fans of the original could really enjoy it. But the key thing is that um, new gamers could actually enjoy it as well because the new gameplay elements and also the fact that Lara is a lot easier to control. So like just running around, jumping was so much nicer, so much smoother, so much easier. And it's just a really fun game. Because um, Chris, you're not, as far as I'm aware, you're not a huge Tomb Raider fan, are you? I, I liked it, you know, like going through the years, you know, like on the, the PlayStation Saturn. But it just, for whatever reason, I I never really got back into it in the later years as they kind of continue the series oh fair enough yeah because um i, 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 I wanted to ask you a question now oh okay okay so if they made this game today if they redid the whole thing like what would you expect to see from the game that would make you actually want to buy it and actually play through it again like how could they continue to improve upon it so that that's a tough Outside one. Of just graphics, because that's the easy thing to say. Okay, yeah. So if they were to make Tomb Raider Anniversary Anniversary Edition, um, like so, <laughs> keeping anniversary of the Anniversary Edition. Yeah. So to keeping to the original storyline, the sort of original levels and stuff. I I'm really not sure actually, because 
I was trying to rack my brain to think of any part of this game I didn't enjoy. And from from my memory, I loved every second of it. Like I was like, this is actually like I love the original one. I, I have it on PC, I have it on Saturn. Um and I played through it a couple of times and thought it was a really great game. And but when playing Anniversary, I was like, this is even better. It's just a really fun. They've done a really good job of it. I I honestly can't think of anything at the moment. Um I can't think what I would expect from a modern day one other than other than the great better graphics, to be honest. Um is there something that you would consider, though? Like, is there something that you thought was missing from those Tomb Raider games? You thought, why? If I made this Tomb Raider game today, I would like yeah. a rewind feature from the old Tomb Raider games. Okay, okay. Because I, the thing is, is like when you just miss time a jump and you just fall to your death, it's like you're like, God <laughs> dang it! And so I would love to just to be able to quickly rewind, like hit like the L trigger. <laughs> and just rewind back and be like, and I'll just time that jump again, and I don't have to go through all the the bull crap of like the, my last save and finding out some weird crystal shard to save my game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was definitely one of the worst things about the Saturn version. Cause yeah, you had to save with a crystal shard. That's how far back I'm going with this series. Oh yeah. <laughs> if that tells you anything. Yeah. So PC, you could save at any point, but yeah, you did have to make sure you saved before you died and also didn't accidentally hit save when you're trying to load a game, which me and my friend did. We, we wanted. We died. We tried to load the game, and we hit save. And every time you load oh, that so you game, saved right when you died. Yeah, actually, we saved just before we died. We're falling through the air, and um, <laughs> we're like, quickly load it. We accidentally went to the save button and hit save on the thing, and we're like, and it's like, wait, what's just happened? It's just like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like forever stuck dying. Poor Lara. Oh my god. So far, oh, oh, aren't we all? Aren't we all forever stuck <laughs> so, dying? Yeah. Um, I think a rewind feature would be quite fun. I think like that you could do some really fun stuff with that. Like um, just if you're just getting really pissed off, just like because that that was the thing that Tomb Raider was one of those games that if you got really annoyed, you just throw Lara off a, off a cliff or something or into a what if, oh, You remember like the Burnout franchise? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it rewarded you for like the biggest wrecks that you <laughs> you get into. What about you could have a feature where it would reward you for like the most violent ways that you made Laura die? Wow. Okay. Because, uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. I know you're saying, like, I'm the weirdo here, Graham. <laughs> but did you not ever intentionally make Laura jump off a high object to make her dive to her death? Well, two things games? Two things there. Her name is Lara, not Laura. You, you, you said oh, Laura. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, absolutely, yes, I did. That was the thing I did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's... That would just be too bad in today's climate. I don't know if we can get away with that. Probably but wouldn't not. that be kind of a neat, just to like if you find some sort of like really uh, like original or clever way to just like make her die in the game, like you get points off that? And that <laughs> maybe it's too sadistic. Uh, that, that's quite sadistic, but I mean, you could make they could make a or you or someone could make a fun kind of Tomb Raider style game, which is a bit more comical with that as a thing. I think that could work. But yeah, yeah, I think because of Tomb Raider's. I'm gonna say realism. It's not really that real, but you know, it's a it's a, like meant to be like a more human character. That probably would be a bit statistically safe. But I like I like Although the idea. The, even the latter, the Tomb Raider games that just came out within the last you know like ten years, like there is some really violent deaths for Laura or Lara. Laura. I keep whatever <laughs> for Croft in the game, um, and. Like, I don't feel like just throwing some points on the board is really going to make it that much worse. 
it is it is a game after all um yeah, yeah. yeah. So, maybe we know. should be making this is good this is why we don't make games people because we, we'd probably get in trouble <laughs> straight away Chris will come yeah, out, no sure. get, kill her and make some points i like it <laughs> yeah um and i just want to touch on the fact that um i feel like the reboots uh, the sort of um, reimagination of the tomb raider series that Crystal Dynamics did was I prefer it to the modern Tomb Raider games. People love the modern Tomb Raider games, and I can understand why I've played them. I I enjoyed them, but I feel like it doesn't need to be Lara Croft in those games. It could be another female protagonist or any other protagonist, really, because they've changed so much of the gameplay. It's the original Tomb Raider. She she was very acrobatic. She could do backflips, some forward somersaults, handstands, as I say. She did cool swan dives into water, or swan dives off a cliff into spikes if you wanted to, Chris, um, and. <laughs> And the you same, did it too, <laughs> I did. And the same was for Tomb Raider Legend, Tomb Raider Underworld, Tomb Raider Anniversary. They they amped it up. They made it even smoother, faster. She could run. She could have the cool hook thing. Uh, she's very acrobatic, very athletic. And then modern ones. And she had, oh, the other thing, key thing was her guns, the weapons that she used. She had mm. the um, the iconic the dual like pistols. Yeah, the iconic dual pistols and running around shooting those. And you could get like big machine gun stuff later. You know, fighting dinosaurs. In the more modern ones, there are still supernatural elements to it, um, but there seems to be a lot more fighting humans and stuff in the game, which which is fine, I guess. Um, but the, her movements are a lot slower now. She's a lot slower. I'll, more... I'll throw out an idea for you. Imagine okay. this. A trailer launches at the next E3 for the next Tomb Raider game. But the twist is it's also the next Uncharted game. What a twist. And it's and what a twist. It's at the Sony booth, and it's Nathan Drake and Laura Croft teaming up once and for all to, to get like the, 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 the big the, the biggest, most epic jewel or like uh, like heist that they could do. And they have to join it's so big that they have to join forces to do it. And it's like a two-player like co-op game. I would buy a PlayStation 5 Croft, for that game. One player could be uh nathan drake and how amazing would that be and that would just, like, that would be awesome of people that'd I would be love amazing that. i would actually love that game yeah yeah I, I i don't hate the new tomb raider games but i just don't, i prefer the the this 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 franchise and the originals for what they were but yeah that would be amazing though if we had the uncharted slash tomb raider game that would be really cool and it, it kind of makes sense they're very similar games and stuff yeah but sparks would be flying at some point yeah there'd be there could be a love interest scene maybe at one point who knows um with her and sully indeed (laughs) (laughs) but uh just to touch on that that last point about the the modern tomb raider games the other thing they've lost the iconic dual pistol she now uses a bow which has now become the iconic weapon of her choice but i feel like it's a big cop-out with games with bows these days like so many video games like first person shooters have have bows in them and they're more powerful than pistols and like guns and stuff like it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't I feel make like sense. She should at least have dual bows. Like if you're going to give her that, <laughs> dual crossbows would be pretty cool. Actually, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, um... they just magically reload. Like, yeah, every yeah, time. just yeah, like yeah. Um... I would love just to see her running around with two bows. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just, just like a standard normal bow, just like. Uh... <laughs> but the but... was knocked into him too. Like she's like, but she just can't use them. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just uh, yeah. So I 
I do like the modern games, but I prefer these old ones. And I thought this is an amazing. This they did such a good job with this. They took. This. But the the interesting thing though is, sorry, just one little other factoid I need to to shout out. Tomb Raider Anniversary is the worst performing Tomb Raider game of its uh, of this. What? Uh, the, yeah, um, sales wise, it's clocked. I would not in, guess that. It clocked in about one point three million sales. The original Tomb Raider game got seven million sales. So, wow. and at the at its point, I don't know. I assume the modern, the more modern ones have actually done better. But at its point of time, when this launched, it was the least, the worst performing Tomb Raider game. Apparently, um, I mean, I got I got that fact off the internet, so take that with a pinch of salt. But it, uh, yeah, as uh, I was like, wow, that's um, that's that's crazy. What were the uh, Metacritic user reviews like a few days after this game was released? Oh. I, I, I feel like a ten out of ten. <laughs> was there any controversy? From from memory, no. But th- you never know. There could be someone out there like, oh, the remade Tomb Raider. I'm gonna one star, one star. You're gonna realize that it was actually you this whole time. <laughs> That's the twist. What's that twist? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> yeah. I, do you know what? I've actually just thought of a mechanic that I think would be good if they added it to a okay. new Tomb Raider game. So I think it'd be cool if they had a bit more of a parkour system in it. It's a bit of a free nice, running okay. kind of like if she could bounce off walls a bit more, a bit more agile in that way. So you could kind of keep it to a similar gameplay style to these, but even more like parkour. Like, um, I think that'd be really cool. Would you if, say if, hardcore parkour? <laughs> yes. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're making a sexual joke there or an off american office joke there i was making an office joke okay good good because that's what i was thinking i was hoping you were going that way because i love that that's episode hardcore parkour <laughs> yeah good yes. <laughs> i just maybe i said it in a, a a way that sounded more suggestive than i meant it to <laughs> yeah i think so but let's clear that up right now the american office check that out american <laughs> office yeah it, it, that was a pretty good show I had a, had a decent run i think a few people watched it <laughs> Yep. If you've never watched it, I think it's on still on Netflix. Definitely go check that out. Ooh, I don't know if it's on the. It's on in in the UK. It's on Amazon Prime. I know that much. So if you've got it in the UK, check it out on Amazon Prime because, yeah, I I think hands down is probably my. It's it's either going to be my favorite favorite comedy of all time or one of my favorites. Is either it's definitely my top five. Like so, they made an Office remaster. It would all be about Dwight Schrute. That's that's what it would be. Okay. <laughs> Forget Jim and Pam. Dwight yeah, I'd love. To, I'd actually love. That. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was like Andy in there as well. <laughs> Andy was the worst. I, I, I was not. A, I was not an Andy fan. I, I but he. That's why he was so good because he was so bad. Like oh. it's it one of those. It's one of those people in the office who. He means well. He never actually means a bad thing, but he's so annoying and so rubbish. It's just like I love it. I've worked with people like Dwight and Andy before, like I genuinely, and I've also worked with Jims and Pams. Like they did such a good job with that. I thought it's so so well yeah, done. It's, it's it's one of those movies that like you can just if you worked in an office environment, like you can you can fit people into all of those like holes. Yeah, you know, and and match them up with those characters and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, Graham, if, if, if I asked people at your work which office character you're most uh, close to being, who would that be? 
Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Before you say that, let me think. Um, I'm going to have to go with Creed. I'm a Creed. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I did not expect that. No, 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 no. no. I was just kidding. Um, Honestly, like, I could see you being kind of the Andy. Maybe I am. I, you know what? Probably... Not in a bad way, but you're just like I can see you humming and like doing yeah, your little your, your music stuff, and you're just like happy go lucky, and you're just you know like wanting to make other people happy. That's that's your that's <laughs> kind of your personality, but you're nowhere near as annoying as Andy. I'll say that. Oh, that that's good to know because. That... <laughs> But you're probably not wrong because I do hum and do sort of sing along, especially at home. I sing along, like, <laughs> yeah. like, and I did because of the American Office. I will go off, do 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> like a couple of times. I've done that. <laughs> oh, dear. See, you are you are Andy. Yeah, I I, I think you've, you've nailed it. What about you? What, what would you be? Everyone that I've I've talked to that that has worked with me, like. Um, Probably says Jim, but I don't want to be a Jim. You want to be an Angela. That's where you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would probably rather. God dang it! Um, who's the older black fellow? Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, that's who I want to be. Is is Stanley? Who just? I don't care if I'm there or not. Like I, I don't care if you fire me. Like just don't bother me. That's. Yeah. <laughs> The kind of like energy that I want in my life is a Stanley, where I'm just like, ah, I don't get, just leave me alone. Yeah, whatever, go go back to what you're doing, and just put people in uncomfortable situations <laughs> where they don't know how to kind of react to that. Um, that's that's who I would most want to be is is Stanley. Mm. I love Stanley. Ah, oh, he's so good. Pretzel day. I don't know if you can remember yeah. Pretzel day. <laughs> pretzel day. That's a good day. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, yeah, there we go. I think that does it for our feature discussion this week. Um, Graham, we've almost been recording for like over, like over, we've been recording over three hours. Oh, that's, that's, well, we should probably wrap up the show, I guess, then. We probably should. It is now 3.49 in the morning for me, so that's... <laughs> that's I, I, and I need to go to my parents to see my, my brother and nephews and stuff tomorrow, so... Well, Graham, it's 10.49 at night for me, so you're you're in the morning. It's fine for you. I'm still late at night over here. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I've am i obviously made the, the true sacrifice for this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Although... <laughs> From speaking from experience, normally around four thirty a.m., it starts to get a little bit light, and the birds start coming out. So it's going to be harder <laughs> to get to sleep. <laughs> oh no! Okay, yeah. well, Graham, we love you for your perseverance and commitment to the the podcast. Well, thank you, sir. That. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope uh, this. Oh, I, I was about to say I hope people have enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that I think it's going to wrap up yeah, um, yes. Mega Visions episode 43 we'll be back next week to bring you back all the latest and greatest news in the world of gaming and pop culture this is chris and graham and we are signing off see you later catch you later in one minute my alarm's gonna go off and this is the alarm that i use uh to tell me when to put my chickens away for the evening.
Um, now I have to wait until <laughs> it turns 9 o'clock for you to hear this. Um, come on. It's almost, it's what, like uh, 12.59 over there, Graham? Yeah. Oh, well, it's 1.59 at the moment, so it's nearly 2 a.m. Jesus. Okay. I'm is sorry. It, let's let's go keep going. No, we yeah, can, yeah. I can wait one minute. Oh, okay. Do you really want to hear it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, this is the longest minute I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Is this, like, abnormally long? <laughs> it does feel that way. I don't know if it's because, like, you know, I'm talking to you and you're in the UK and I'm in America that it's feeling extra long. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> 